if I could have your attention. Uh, good morning. Thank you all for coming. It's 0900 hours, and we're going to commence this meeting. Do I have a motion? Move we open. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Uh, all opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. My pleasure to be pleased to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. On the Texas flag, I pledge allegiance to thee, Texas, one state, under God, one and indivisible. Our God and Creator, we thank you for another beautiful day in Fayette County, another day of precious life for all of us here today. We ask that particularly today you give us the wisdom, integrity, knowledge to make those decisions that are in the best interest of those who have entrusted us in this office. In your name we pray. Amen. Also throw in a little rain Okay. Uh, our first agenda item is to consider and take appropriate action in approving the following minutes of the previous meetings. We thank the county clerk's office, Sandra, I think, for getting yes. those out to us online. Appreciate it. I move, we, motion. I move we approve the September 8th, 2022 regular meeting minutes. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion to accept the minutes passes unanimously. <clears throat> Okay, we're going to go into our second agenda item, which is open public comments, and then we're going to move ahead a little bit. We have people from the Czech Heritage here for their proclamation. We're going to bring them in and let us do that, and they, they can depart, and we'll have plenty of room in here. So with that stated, our second agenda item is open public comments, petitions, requests, <coughs> or statements by the public. Anyone here who would like to offer any comments or statements or petitions or anything? Yes, sir, please. And my name is Alan. I'm here from Precinct 3. Uh, recently, somebody brought up the issue about the trash on highways. And uh, I didn't see anything in the paper. I didn't hear anything. What did y'all do? Did you just sweep it under the table? Or, you know, what, what's going on with that? Because I've got a solution I'm going to present this morning to Well, I had a few people in my precinct that are... are taking advantage of our adopt your road program and I had made some copies of that that I'm sharing with them and I'm hoping to hear back from from some citizens that want to adopt the road to help us with some of the litter control okay we're during public comments we're supposed to avoid uh, discussion but what I'd like you to do is present your idea if you could Alan uh, okay. and uh, we we got it that you you know, there hadn't been much done since then, but if you present, that would might be helpful to us. So, 
What you got? Years ago, my and my wife were driving across, I think it was the state of Georgia, and she made the comment that, have you noticed that these roads are so clean? I said, yeah, I noticed that. And I said, I ain't seen no adopt the highway program signs. So maybe the highway department in Georgia is cleaning up the roadways, you know, something like that. You know, it wasn't long before we went on further down the road, there was a great big sign. It was a big sign. And on top it said, fine for litter, $8,000. I said, well, there's your, there's your answer. So you got my eyewitness, and you got uh, it's proof that it works. Why cannot Fayette County be the leader in this great state of Texas to start a domino effect with the counties? Well, look at what Fayette County is doing. And first thing you know, Lee's got the county got the signs up too. Colorado and all the counties, it's a domino effect. It ain't gonna work overnight, but it's gonna get done. And Texas is going to have clean highways like Georgia. Thank you, Georgia. So, come on, fellas. Y'all just got a pretty good raise, you know. I wish I'd have got one like that when I was in the workforce for 57 years, but I didn't. I mean, to me, it's, you know, it's, it's not just sitting here and talking to people, you know, it's, it's getting work done. There's a problem. You come down 609 quite often. Yes. Show me one mile. One mile, I've given you the benefit of doubt. I'm gonna say half a mile, but I'll give you a benefit of doubt. One mile that ain't got no trash, can, bottle, and it's mostly beer, cartons, big styrofoam cups. If I can take the styrofoam cup that I'm finished, or the coffee cup that I finish and put it in my cup holder, and when I get home, I throw it in my trash and then get it disposed of the right way. Why cannot anybody in this room or in the whole Fayette County do the same thing that I'm doing? I love my country. I served my country for six, five years. And I love my country. But to see the, what people, the disrespect people got. Now, that said something to make you mad. I hope I make you mad because at least then you're going to be thinking about it. Now, oh, wait, we, people can't afford a $10,000 fine. You've got the recycle center, you've got the uh, recycle center, the people over there at the, uh, the city employees could use a little help. Uh, I think she's the district clerk there. She could use a, if it's a lady that gets fined, well, she could use a, a, a gopher, you know, uh, somebody to run errands and stuff. There are plenty of ways that this county's got to work it off if they can't pay it. But you put a sign up there, there are people that travel from Austin to Houston or Houston to Austin or I-10 especially, they're gonna see that sign and his wife was going to hit him upside the head with her purse. He said, no, just go around out there. We'll go. It's going to take a while, but it's going to get done. It got done in Georgia. Why can't we do it? Why cannot Fed County do something good that is good for this great state of Texas? Thank you. I'm done. Thank you.
thank you for coming this morning. Uh, do I have a motion? <coughs> I move we accept comments from Mr. Allen. <coughs> Close public comment. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? Just so you know, by state code, we are allowed, based on your comments, we can use them to put an agenda item on a future agenda to maybe address some of those things you're talking about. Okay. Okay. All in favor? Cost would be minimal. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Okay. We're going to move on to uh, agenda item number five, sign a proclamation proclaiming October as Czech Heritage Month. And I think we got some checks standing out there. Oh, no, not out there. Not out there. Oh, okay. okay. We're gonna go through it. They said there's no there. Judge, do you want them to stand right away? Yeah. Why don't they come on up and get behind us? So they won't. It'll be easier for y'all because you're just going to be here probably for the pro Come on up because we're going to take a picture afterwards. So come on up here and file in right behind us. We do have a few checks in this county. <laughs> would you tell uh, would you run out there real quick and tell that gentleman that when he has time I need a demonstration you'll know Mr. what I'm talking Mr. about yeah. you know what I'm talking oh, about yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Okay. okay agenda item 5 is to sign a proclamation proclaiming October as Czech Heritage Month what I would like to do is who's in charge behind me? Who's who's in more uh, of the head? I, I organized this group. What I'd like you to yeah. do is take a few minutes uh -huh. and tell us about the Czech Heritage Group, what y'all do, why you're here, and why this is important to our community. I don't put you on the spot, but I think you can do that. You've probably done that before. So anyway. Well, uh, it's all because we love our Czech Heritage and we uh, feel like it's. Uh, diminishing and with every generation so we are doing our very best to keep it going keep it alive and our Czech Center is there for 25 years this year so and and Mark is doing an awesome job of uh, keeping it going and you know uh, he's done so much well, to our volunteers our and, volunteers and, and, and all of these ladies are volunteers and our board members Kavisa and Mr. Staver, Staver. Uh, we appreciate all that they do to keep us uh, going. We've got, uh, you know, for generations and generations, we came in the <coughs> 1800s. 1856. 1856. <coughs> Since 1856, we've been here. So uh, we appreciate this time and thank y'all for having us today. Honored to have y'all here with us. Uh, what I'd like to do is read a proclamation. And then we'll vote on it and approve it, I hope. And then what I'd like to do is take a picture, okay? So let me read this because this is important. <clears throat> Proclamation of Fayette County, whereas the Czech Heritage Month is proclaimed each October and whereas November 17, 2022 will be the 33rd anniversary that the Czech Velvet Revolution began and ultimately ended 41 years of a one-party rule, dismantling 
the command economy and <clears throat> conversion to a parliamentary republic, whereas on October 28, 2022, will be the 104th anniversary that the state of Czechoslovakia was established, proclaiming the independence from the Austrian Habsburg emperors. And whereas <clears throat> 2022 is the 54th anniversary of the Prague Spring, which refers to the period of political liberalization from the domination of the Soviet Union after World War II, and whereas there are close to one million people of Czech heritage living in all areas of the state of Texas who have greatly contributed to the welfare of Texas through their positive and strong ethics, and whereas 2022 marks the 35th anniversary of the Fayette County chapter of the Tech Heritage Society in Texas, and the 25th anniversary of the incorporation of the Texas Czech Heritage and Cultural Center. Members actively play an important role in sharing with the rest of the state their contribution in the area of art, music, literature, food, folklore, and many other fine customs that are a part of Texas's rich, diverse culture. And whereas the Texas Czech Heritage and Cultural Center has grown from a farmhouse office museum to an outstanding amphitheater, genealogy library, museum featuring the history of Texas Czechs and a Czech village depicting life of our early settlers and whereas Fayette County chapter of the Czech Heritage Society of Texas and the Texas Czech Heritage and Cultural Center helped promote the rich heritage of the Czech people of Texas and whereas Fayette County in Texas is a better place because of the Czechs decided to come here and whereas Fayette County is considered to be the cradle of Czech immigration to Texas and the Czech citizens of this country are proud of their heritage. Now therefore be it resolved that we, the Fayette County Commissioner's Court of Fayette County, Texas, do hereby proclaim the month of October 22 as Czech Heritage Month in Fayette County. And upon this vote, we're going to sign this on the 22nd day of September 2022. Do I have a motion? I move we sign a proclamation proclaiming October as Czech Heritage Month. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Let's sign this. When did you come up with that? Months ago. Yeah. All of y'all sign my paper. What part of the Czech Republic is McBroom? McBroom. <laughs> <laughs> Goes back to the Celts who originally oh. were in Bohemia. They were driven out by the Germans. Yeah, they'll, they'll, Miss Collars is going to square us away here. Yeah, okay, all of them. Everybody's here in Melanie. Y'all all get us squared away looking good. And we'll let you hold this thing. If you want to put it on my face, you're welcome to. Who's in charge? Okay. Y'all, make sure we're squared away, okay? All right, one, two, and three. All right, go ahead. You good? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna take one more after you're done. All right, one, two, three. One, two, three. 
Okay, hold on. Yeah. It's easy. <laughs> All right, one, two, and three. All right. Any other pictures? Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for what you did. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. We're gonna miss you. Joe, good to see you. Take care. Good to see you. October 14th and 15th. Oh, yeah, hey, hey, this is important announcement. Yeah. October 14th and 15th. Hey, rest, rest, rest. Silence, rest here a second. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> October 14th and 15th is our uh, 10th annual Heritage Fest at the Czech Center. It's the biggest festival we have, and it's, it's going to be uh, bigger and better this year. And we're celebrating SPJST's 125th anniversary along with. Uh, our festival and SBJST also started in Fayette, in Fayette County in Fayetteville with Lodge One. So they're celebrating 125 years along with our Heritage Fest this year. So it's two day, October 14th and 15th. We'd love to see y'all out there. Yeah, well, we have this year we have, we're adding another venue with music on Saturday because SBJST is bringing their, their orchestras. Mm. And then we're also having a round top brass band, checking in some from Ennis, Texas. And we're having a uh, world premiere Elvis tribute at the amphitheater. Well, Craig Parker, uh, he's been all around the world and Europe, and, and, and he's in Atlanta, Georgia, Friday night. He's here on Saturday and in, in Dallas on Sunday, so he travels. Wow. So and he's bringing the whole he's bringing the whole band and brass band with him as backup singers and everything. So they, they say he's the closest thing. If you search Craig Parker, he's, he, it looks just like Elvis singing. So. <laughs> Come so on out and see it. See us. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, agenda item three is uh, open and hold a public hearing to consider and accept comments both written and oral from members of the public concerning an appropriate speed limit for the following roads. Camp Lone Star Road, Creamer Creek Road, Panorama Road, all in Precinct 3, and Rosnoff Road in Precinct 2. Except comments and closed public hearings, I'd offer if the commissioners wanted to make any comment on this first, and then we'll open up well, to the public. We just recently, on uh, Creamer Creek and Panorama, we just recently, we have those roads, so all the pot, most of the potholes are gone, well, all the potholes are gone, so every time you redo a road, it seems like the traffic on it just it seems like it almost doubles. So, and then on, on Camp Lone Star Road, which is the camp on the end of the road, it is a very windy road and um, some blind corners on it. And uh, so that road also needs a speed limit on it. So that's why we had put these on. I have a lot of concern on those two particular roads. And I have Rosnoff, Rosnoff Road on there because during our antique show, there's a lot of people try to get avoid Warrington area so they go down and they cut across Rosnoff Road and they try to hurry up and get get around it. It's causing a problem but during the shows it's causing a lot of problems with, with the folks that actually live out there. I do have a uh, public petition pa participation form signed by Mr. Slada. Erwin, do you have anything you'd like to add at this time? Yes, first of all, thank you for you guys and the service that you do. I know this is not always a pleasant experience being my past background, especially in your hearings and stuff and comments from the public. Uh, 
you know, I'm going to tell you what kind of good job you're doing. I appreciate you guys, you guys and what you do. I know it's, it's a tough job sometimes. Just briefly, I live on Greenwood Creek Road, and, and the commissioner's correct. We, we did go, traffic had definitely picked up on the road. Um, it runs parallel to 77, and I think people are bypassing. You get the 609, instead of going 77 across, they just run the road. And um, it's just amazing how, how much faster people have been running, too. It's very noticeable. I run the road like, and, and, and by the way, we had 52 signatures off the road for people saying, hey, we need to do something about this thing. So it's just not one or two squeaky wheels. It's the, all up and down the whole road. Uh, and I don't know what speed y'all put on it or anything. Uh, that's y'all's decision. That we understand that. I know I've run it at 35, and it's okay, except when you get to the, those one-lane bridges down on the other end curves and some of the other curves further up where you can't see very well. That's probably too much then. We've increased the wildlife crossing of that road. Uh, because of that, all of that's being, all that is being developed over there off 77, you see it off of that sort of deer for the change that comes across us now. And so it's just a matter of time, people don't slow down, we're just gonna have some bad things going on. I've had people in my yard already run through it, I've had them in through Forrest's yard, they've been through the neighborhood street, through their picket fence up to the house. Um, and so we're looking for it, things to slow down some of that's so we appreciate anything you guys can do to help us with that situation, I guess. And how is it that it's determined how fast it is? How does that work? Do you do that part of it? We do, yes, sir. We, okay. You know, and it's... <clears throat> that's, we're just with some relief out there because it is really, really too much right now. And normally, when, <clears throat> once we do set a new... Uh, we set a uh, speed for that road, I'll let the Sheriff's Department know <laughs> Because without a postal sign on that road, you know, it's hard for them to enforce the traffic. Exactly. And so now, once this, we determine the speed, I'll, the shared department, they'll be, they'll know that there's actually, because a lot of times I'll talk to them, they like, you know, there's no, there's no speed, there's no uh, zone out there. Right. It's hard for us to enforce it. Right. So once, we've got so many roads, so once we do set that, then the shared department will be aware of it and then they'll. Well, uh, the shared department has been enforcing it and let you, because I've seen them here the last couple of weeks on Country Club Road, which hosted 30 mile golf course stuff. I stopped one day and told the officer, I said, I really appreciate you guys working this thing, because it's amazing how that has slowed things down. They have pulled some folks over and, and things have slowed down over there, uh, because that's a real windy road also. You know, I live on a straight stretch, so it's like speed lane. But where it's happened, you know, you have that stop sign if it gets into Country Club Road. People in the past have gone through the stop sign, especially at night, and then you up in the backyards of those houses over there. Fortunately, no house has been hit yet. This, you know, time is going to You know, the other issue with Fayette County is it's, I believe, 957 miles of roads. And people say, well, we don't have deputies out of well. You know, we only have such a small amount of deputies, so it's tougher than me to travel the 950 miles of road in Fayette County. So. Uh, but us putting the speed limits on them will definitely help make the people more aware. You'd be surprised, the ones that are going to stop are going to be usually the local ones. Because they, they just don't realize they're driving that fast until they actually... No, no, that's right, that's right. And we all know how our officers generally work around here also is that, you know, they stop you the first time. Say, oh, you know, you slow down a little bit. I don't know, let me see you doing it again. They usually give you a second chance sometimes. And that's always, that's very reasonable for local people. Uh, but you have a lot of commercial vehicles starting to run that road also now, so the trucks and trailers are really going past. But anyway, 
that's that's what we're that's what we have here again thank you guys for everything you, you guys do and thanks for imp improving the road uh, appreciate that and so with that uh, you all have a great day yes question you're going to put up Stephen signs along that road I would imagine pretty quick yes yeah. that, that really helped on Old Plum Highway when y'all put up those signs it really helped it made it affected the way I drive and nothing else just a constant reminder yeah, we will. We've got order signs ordered already, and make sure we have them. We'll, as soon as we place the orders, then we'll. Once this is done, then we can get out there and start getting the signs posted right away. I mean, I would say probably by Monday they'll be all they'll be posted already. So. Okay. Do I have a motion then that we can accept the comments and close our public hearing? So we accept all comments and close the public hearing. So second. Second. Any further discussion? Uh, you thank the court. And everything we do well while we got you here we just want to thank you you your service to our county you touched an incredible number of young people in the most impressionable times of their lives Booger, and we appreciate that thank you for continuing to stay involved supporting county court capcom and other areas and so we appreciate it thank you, thank you. all in favor aye. Aye. all opposed the motion carries unanimously <clears throat> okay Maybe you need to quit making your roads so nice. Leave a pothole or two in there. Throw things down. Might be more common than to make me. Yeah. Okay. Thank you all for coming. We really appreciate it. Thank you all. You know, I really would miss your meeting and the rest of it. Miss being here, but I got to be here for You better go. <laughs> but we'll get out of here. Okay, agenda item number four is <clears throat> consider and take appropriate action in making a finding and determination that the prima facie speed limit concerning the following named roads is unreasonable or unsafe, and in making and assigning four orders concerning an appropriate speed limit for each of the following county roads. Camp Lone Star Road, Creamer Creek Road, Panorama Road, Precinct 3, Rosnoff Road, and Precinct 2. Okay. Judge, I have a question for you <clears throat> on this setting these speed limits. <clears throat> if we set a set of a limit right now, and then four or five months from now we determine that it needs to be reset, we can always come back and do another gen item and decide to, to, re to lower it again later if we decide to. Okay, I'm going to defer to our... You'd have to go through the same process. Same process, and if we decide that it's okay. that is it's still not low enough, we can always do an agenda item and, and lower it. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, I move. I move that we we determine that the prima facie speed limit concerning the following roads is unreasonable and unsafe. So I move that we set an order setting the speed limit on <coughs> Camp Lone Star Road at 35 miles an hour and Creamer Creek Road and Panorama Road at 40 miles per hour. Is there a second? What? Okay. That's in Precinct 3. Oh, okay. And then on Rosnoff Road, 40. we would set it at 40 okay. miles per hour. There you go. So 35, 35 miles per hour on Camp Lone Star, and then 40 miles per hour on Creamer Creek Road, Panorama, Precinct 3, and then Rosnoff Road in Precinct 2. 40. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? 
All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? <laughs> Moving on to agenda item six is a presentation from Burns and Burns regarding upgrades to the Dan Arbeck Justice Center. Just a little background. Uh, we appreciate the sheriff and lieutenant being here. Uh, when, when I first came, uh, one of the things we did was bring somebody in from the jail commission to take a look at our jail and just see, do we need a brand new jail? Do we need to go get a bond and millions of dollars or have we got enough here to get by? Can we? And I think, and correct me, Sheriff, if I'm wrong, I think that inspection team came in here and said, no, your facility's pretty good. It's probably good up to 2035 or something. I don't remember the exact date, but they, we said, okay, so we need to start looking then. What do we need to do to upgrade it, to update it, to make some much-needed improvements out there? So we brought in a company that has a... a really great reputation throughout the state in working with jails and justice centers and those type of things and has experience in working with the jail commission and all that so he is here he came did an evaluation which we asked him to do and uh, he has come now to kind of let us know what you found what you we might do to you know satisfy some of the things that, that the sheriff and, and, and we think need to be done in that jail. Now, before you get started, just give us a little bit of your background and, and that kind of thing, okay? Thank you, Judge. Just come on up here where they can all see you. And <clears throat> I'm Kenny Burns. I started Burns Architecture in 1993. We are a fairly small firm when you think of architects. We only have seven or eight employees but we focus on work for county government throughout the state of Texas. Uh, so it's a niche. We, we do lots of things, jails and law enforcement facilities, probably the biggest thing we do. Uh, in my career, in 42 years, I've designed more than 60 jail projects in the state of Texas. So we know we have a long history with the jail commission goes back to uh, people that are sitting at this table and the sheriff, of course, know Brandon Wood. He's the director of the Jail Commission. I've known Brandon Wood since he joined the Jail Commission as a planner, and now he's the boss. Uh, he was uh, he was <coughs> a core cadet for my is, kids. He, he is uh, a hardcore yeah. core guy. <laughs> uh, so I've, I've worked with the Jail Commission since 1985. Uh, and that's important because uh, you build these relationships with them it's really important because we have to work with them and get their approvals on things, we seek their input, and we work with them very closely. Actually, one of my employees uh, is a former uh, deputy director of the Jail Commission. So not only have I been doing it a long time, but we also have some you know expertise that came out of the Jail Commission that actually worked in jails and then you know supervised things from the number two spot at the Jail Commission. So, we have this long, long history of doing things. We do uh, all kinds of projects because it's for a county, we'll do it, small or large. So obviously this project is a small project. We looked at it and said, okay, how do we go about doing this? What makes the most sense? We do really big projects too. Right now we're designing Midland County's new 800-bed jail. So it's uh, anything and everything in between. We've done projects for some of our county clients we, we really like to have repeat clients 
and we work really hard at that. Upton County, near Midland, is one of our clients. We rebuilt their Little League ballpark 15 years ago. We don't do that, but they trusted us to do it. And they paid a million and a half dollars cash to do it. Uh, they're in a unique county. We have some unique clients. They don't have much population, but they have a lot of money. <laughs> West Texas clients have a lot of money. <laughs> it's oil. <laughs> you haven't figured that out. So anyway, to talk about your project, we did uh, come down as a, we were requested to go look at the jail and see what could be done with it. And your jail, just so you know, your jail is in the in the, the world of jails. Your jail is at the end of its lifetime. It really is. A a thirty year old jail is an old old jail, uh, and it's because it works three hundred sixty five days a year, twenty four hours a day. It never stops, and it gets abused because the people that are there don't really want to be there, so they don't take care of it. But but it's still working for y'all. And so we went in and said, you know, what can we do? And we looked at where we could add on and what makes the most sense. And we came up with a plan that we'll share in just a minute. And it is to add 19 beds. Uh, that, like the judge said, will probably carry y'all for a ways. Uh, it, as long as you can keep maintaining the old jail. That's the key, is to maintain these old jails because they eventually take a lot of maintenance. Uh, in your case, I think y'all have had a lot of problems with the plumbing. Jails that were built back then have cast iron piping in the ground. We don't do that anymore. It's all PVC uh, because it doesn't, you know, erode. And uh, old jails have all those kind of problems. I will tell you that when I was at the sheriff's conference this year, I saw Brandon Wood and told him I was coming to see y'all. And he said, good, they're going to build a new jail. And I said, no, not so fast. <laughs> we're just going to look at the addition. And so that's what we did. The, the place that makes sense, and we have to look at it in, you know, how does it function and flow with the current facility? So what makes sense is just to do a little lean-to addition on the back, and it would let us put three separation cells and four four-bed multiple occupancy cells, so a total of 19 beds. We have to watch our numbers because we have to stay uh, in the proportions or the ratios that the jail commission requires. And so that's what we had done. At first we said, you know, we were just talking about how can we add some beds? And we weren't talking about the separation cells. But I looked at it and said, you know, if we're going to do it, you need to do it all at one time. Because it's not cheap and it doesn't make sense to come back and, and do the rest. And, and when you see the plan, and I'll let everybody look at it. It's going to be hard for anybody over here to see. But if y'all can look at it, what we had to do is... The kind of part that you see is yellow. That's that's actually where we scanned in your old drawings. And you can see there's three cells on one side and four on the other. Originally, we were just thinking about the four cells, but then we said, if we're going to do this, it makes more sense to get these other cells. These these three separation cells are critical. They they hold one person, but they hold the worst of your your violators, if you will. They're also the most expensive to build. And we can't build anything that costs any more than that. So the more of these other beds we can build, it helps to keep the cost down. But the jail commission dictates to us how many of these to build. So we said, let's just go ahead and solve the whole problem one time. Don't have to come back and fix it. So that's the way we approached it because 
there's there's no other expansions to your jail after this. You are just locked in because of the way it was built. And so, if this will carry you to 2035, uh, that would be a home run for you. Because I can tell you right now, in a minute we'll talk about uh, our budget, the uh, cost of a new jail is astronomical. It really is. Uh, jails and hospitals are probably the most expensive buildings you can build. And so, you know, everybody's been to a hospital, you know what you see there, but if you haven't been in a jail and seen it, it's not quite as pretty as a hospital, but it's as expensive. And it's because everything that goes into it is hard, uh, very expensive stuff. Doors are expensive. We have to have electronics to control the doors. We have to have intercoms. We have to have smoke removal systems, all kinds of things. It's dictated by the state. And one of the other things we looked at uh, in adding on to the jail here is to go in and upgrade your security electronics. When I walked in the jail and saw the <coughs> current security electronic systems, I was really astounded. It's the original system. It's amazing that it still works. And uh, you know what we do today is so far into what they did 30, 35 years ago. And so we looked at that to replace that, to fix all the problems associated with that since we would have to add on. We couldn't really add on with our new addition. So we looked at that, came up and, and took a look, our security electronics people checked it out, we put a budget together for that too. So if we each one of y'all since y'all be interested in these numbers. This is the budget we put together. The uh, the addition to the back of the building is 3,559 square feet. Estimated that cost, and this is is a whopper, and this is what we'll study, $800 a square foot. The reason we tell you that, I've never, never, ever in my career paid more than $500 a square foot to build a jail until now. We are adding on to the Kendall County Jail in Bernie, 51 beds because of the craziness in bidding right now. The project came in at $900 a square foot, and I just about fell out. That's not what we budgeted, but it, it's because of pricing is out of control right now. So we took that into account when we looked at yours. We think that's where it's going to be. Kendall County has some weird stuff to it. That's why it ran the cost up so much. So again, I know it's shocking, but those are the numbers. It's just construction costs right now are out of control. We can't get enough materials. Uh, there's such demand everywhere. I know y'all are watching on the news every day about you know inflation and the potential for recession and all these things that are going on. But construction hasn't slowed down. We and there's such a demand for it everywhere. It's got all the prices sky high. So anyway, the to, just to do the add-on back there comes in at 2.8 million dollars. We have to do some demolition and some, some minor renovations to do that, to connect the two together. Uh, then the next big number is the replacement of the security electronics to replace it and expand it, $650,000.
We always include a contingency in here, have always done that, of 3%. So you can see that number in there. But here, this is the next line item is something new that, that every contractor, we've been doing it for the last year because of what we've seen impact our projects. And that is a, a separate contingency called potential cost escalation. What we've seen happen in the last year is these projects get underway and we're building them and all of a sudden a subcontractor comes and says, you know, we ordered the light package and the manufacturer said, we're going to increase your cost. There's nothing they can do about it. And we've had to pay it. So now we've been, we're starting to carry a, a contingency amount in there for that because there's nothing you can do. You can't argue with them. They just won't sell you the, the lights. Or they, our biggest problem we've had in the last year, we really encountered this over at Liberty County at their new sheriff's office, where we couldn't get electrical components. You know, Square D, big, one of the biggest manufacturers of electrical components in the world, holding us hostage. And uh, we finally got through to them because they, they wanted an extra $5,000 for a piece of equipment and they told us it would be, you know, 24 weeks or something like that till we could have it. And we said, we have to have it. This has a 911 center going into it. And then all of a sudden they said, oh, well, why didn't you say so? Now they cut us down to six weeks just because we were a 911 center. It's, we're at the mercy of these manufacturers right now. So anyway, when I look at building, when I add all that together, building construction costs $3.8 million. Uh, we do have some site demolition, which is included above that. But when you do budgeting like this, we can't just talk about construction costs. There are soft costs. Those are the hard costs. The soft cost includes the, the architectural and engineering fees. There is printing and reimbursable costs that have to go into it. We have to have surveys and geotechnical reports. Construction testing has to be done. Uh, and then we have to have the task review, which everybody knows it is ADA. And those are things that we have to pay other people to do. So that's $573,400. And then normally we have furniture, equipment, supplies, but in the case this is a jail, there are no costs because all the cost for jail furniture is built into our construction costs because it has to be there when we open. So it's not like we're buying desks and chairs. So that gives a total estimated cost of $4,432,776. We always like to round up so we can talk a nice even number. And so we rounded up 67224 so that we could say the project budget was $4,500,000. So back to what I told you what it would cost to build a new. If we built a new jail that was the same size as what you have right now, you would probably be looking at anywhere from 20 to $25 million compared to $4.5 million to you know, give you a little relief until you finally wear out that jail. So this $4.5 million only is going to get us by to 2025? 2025. Uh, oh, I'm hoping 35. Correct. Okay. No, no, I think that reports are somewhere around 2035. Okay. Okay. And, and again, the key to that is y'all maintaining mm -hmm. that facility. 
we've seen a lot of counties that, that just don't spend any money maintaining their jail. Well, you, you're shortening the life when you do that because there's so many moving parts out there. Like I said, you know, you're holding inmates who don't want to be there. So if you think they're taking care of everything, you're wrong. You know, the, the messing with the toilets and the lavatories and, and just anything that they can to be disruptive. Not all inmates are like that, but generally speaking, that's why jails get beat up so bad. They're not really appreciated by the people that are in there. So again, you gotta keep maintaining what you've got. And the plumbing may be the biggest biggest battle y'all are fighting is trying to maintain the plumbing. We didn't address that on when you came in and looked at stuff, but is would you hear I mean is it the way we are now, could the plumbing be addressed without building a new facility? Or the problem with the plumbing, it's all underground, which means it's under the building, it's under the slab. Oh. So if we find out where there are problems with that old cast iron pipe and you have to to replace it, it means you have to cut the slab. So now you're cutting the slab to replace pipe, but you're doing it inside an existing and operating jail, which could cause us to relocate inmates, cost a lot of money to move inmates elsewhere. And so I would say you cross that bridge when it happens. But to try to be preemptive to do it all would be, you'd be thinking you need to replace the whole thing, and I don't know if that's possible. Well, we're, you know, we're not gonna, the court will eventually decide what we do, new jail, update one, but the sheriff, that's his jail and his justice center, and he's ultimately gonna have to tell us what he needs and if uh, if this is helpful to them for right now. And so, Keith, I, I, I don't wanna put you or Lieutenant Byron on the spot, but you know, we talked about bringing Mr. Burns in just to kind of give us an idea. I appreciate laying out all the costs and, and those kind of things because it's a tough decision we're going to have to make here. But I do, before you say anything, I do want to thank y'all for, I mean, you said that security system's been in there since the jail and y'all kept it working. As, as old as it is, I mean, somebody's been paying attention, y'all been doing your best. I know you've replaced things, you've, I know inmates have torn things up and y'all have gone in there and tried to get a handle on that working with the inspectors and all that so it's a tough job i know but you're just gonna if there comes a point in time where we need to do something it'll you know you're gonna have to come to us but i'd like to just hear your comments and you know i appreciate everybody's time i appreciate y'all getting mr burns and his firm in here to give us an idea of what this would cost or entail the problem is best case scenario is we make it to 2035 with the existing jail so now are we throwing good money after bad if we do the addition or is this something we need to patch and make work for a year or two until we can really think about maybe building a new one uh, i don't know where the best money to be spent is if i knew that answer we'd all be rich but uh, I, I don't know what's in the best interest of the county i mean i know we're patching and doing all we can Luckily, when we had this last jail inspection, some inmates had tore up one of the cells. They dug some holes in the concrete, into the plumbing, was making a hell of a mess. 
our jailers located it, noticed it, and we were passionate when the jail inspector came through and we got a flying recommendation because he seen we was on top of it, which was probably love. But it all worked out. And, but we do have those issues. And the plumbing is a nightmare. And if you cut that slab, Kenny's gonna have to answer that. What's the structural capabilities of that jail after you cut that? I mean, how do you reinforce that even more? Yeah, you have to go back and you have to tie it all back in. Uh, it, it's a mess. Uh, you know, again, your jail, the design of it's antiquated. It's not efficient. We know that. You can, you know, there's other jails older than yours. Well, you, you said 25 million bill new and in 2035, in 2035, not what might be. That's always the, the dilemma we face. <coughs> and it sounds like a sales pitch coming from us, but you got to trust me, it's not. We, you know, Our role is to advise you. Uh, it's never going to be cheaper to build a new jail than it is today. With these crazy prices, I can tell Do you, you see so these coming down? If no, but I, I, I've never seen them come back down. What we've seen is when this crazy pricing goes high like this, it just keeps up, up, up. But then we have a recession or whatever it is that causes it to stop, they go flat. They never come back down. They might go flat for a little bit before they take off again. That's what concerns me about everything we're doing, not just for y'all, but all these other projects we're budgeting, uh, because all of a sudden we're being hit with all these extraordinary costs. And they just don't look like they're going to come back down. They, they just never do. And uh, usually, when you do hit a recession, and a lot of, you know, that's actually the best time to build. It's the hardest time for a commissioner's court to make that decision, but it's your best time. When there's no work for everybody, the labor cost is what comes down, not the material cost. Uh, we went through that, you know, 12 years ago. And we couldn't get people to, to build when they should have. And then, until now, they look back and go, holy cow, should, we should have built back then. Because when you have a lot of construction people, but very few jobs, now the labor market is very competitive. Materials market didn't change. And because that was back when it went flat. You know, we saw this 12 years ago. And so I can tell you, it, the stories I can tell you about jails, and it, it'll be the same story here today and in the future, we designed Walker County's jail in Huntsville, 268 beds. We started on it right after the recession started to come back up, and the prices, you know, were, were just barely starting to come up, but we had a lot of competition. We built that 268-bed jail for $16 million, and it's state-of-the-art. It's right there in Huntsville. They're very proud of it. You know what it cost us to build that today? That same building be at least three times that, maybe four times that. And uh, you know, it's just you just get lucky sometimes. You hit it at the right time. Of course, at that time, Walker County borrowed twenty million. And you thought, oh, that twenty million—that's the biggest money they ever borrowed. And they look back on it and think, well, we did it at the right time. You just never know. Uh, and I'm shooting from the hip when I say twenty-five million, but. Uh, Okay, remind me, how many beds do we have? 47. 47. So, see, if y'all built a new jail, it would make sense to build a 96-bed jail. So, I'm going to give you a comparison. Well, you know, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, 
I do go see some of these jails, and man, they're palatial palaces, at least on the outside and stuff. Yeah, on the inside, they're hard. But I mean, but I know if you build it, they will come. But I, we did lay Passes County Jail. It wrapped up a couple of years ago, and it's essentially a 96-bed jail. Uh, and it cost the total cost was uh, right at 20 million dollars. So you know, if we had to do theirs again, that's why I'm saying 25. That's how I shoot them. <coughs> okay, what commissioners? Yeah, uh, sheriff, you're already kind of restricted for space there by adding on. If you would add on to it, it's just going to make things even tighter there, wouldn't it? Is it enough room? Or you ought to maneuver even if you add it on? Where they're talking about adding on this unit wouldn't be terrible okay. because it's already just a grassy area there between the building and the curb and back where the fuel tanks and all that is. Okay. Are you familiar with the back side of the building over there? Mm -hmm. You know, there's two canopies out there in the back. One of, the one of them that's closest to the building, we have to tear that down. It's in the way. We leave the other one, we got to be able to drive around the building because that's how you get to the saddle board. That's why I said we're limited. That, that, this is the only addition you can ever do out there. There's, just, there's no room to do anymore. So you can do this, this will fix it for a while, but you know, ultimately, somewhere down the road, you're going to have to replace the entire facility. It just it just can't go on and on forever. You know, again, the design of it is antiquated. Um, what it about has the areas though to the left over there where the I don't know where do you have the park ranger in there and stuff? Yeah, I mean, there's room there. over there and there's places over there where vehicles are parked and stuff like that. There's a lot of land over there. It's when you're looking at the jails to the left, so not the, behind it. But the Sally Port's in the way to get to it. That's what makes it awkward. If, because you've got to move inmates and goods back and forth across there and you're going you know, through that vehicular path. Probably one of the things, we wouldn't advise you to do that. Jail commission not, might not ever approve it because of that. Because now all the kitchen goods have to go over there, all the laundry goods. Inmates are being booked over here, they're being moved over there. Uh, that's just things you have to you know, walk through the process of seeing what you can do. Okay. But eventually, it's the old, old part of the jail that is just going to give it up. Uh, the old jail has steel walls in it. We don't use steel walls. Steel walls are terrible in jails. There's too much water and other things in a jail that just rust these walls. But, but you know, when they built jails 30, 40, 50 years ago, that's what they used. But we just we don't do that. So. Uh, there's, it's just things that you'll never, ever totally be able to overcome. You can make it work for a long time, but it'll, it'll never be great. I understand. Well, this is just like a guy that worked told me we're going to patch a hole, putting a band-aid on a bullet hole. That's all we're doing. That's all we can do here. Just we always like putting lipstick on a pig. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anybody else? Like I say, we're not making any decisions today, but we the information was great, and we'll work closely with the sheriff and uh, see what we can do in the future here. And we'll be ready to help you on whatever y'all decide to do. If uh, you know, if you, we need to look at more exacting figures on what a real jail would cost. That's just, that would just be another exercise like we did on this. It was just a little bit better exercise to figure it all out and uh, get the jail commission 
we they know what we do. We tell them what we're working on. So they, there's no surprises. So Ken, if we were to consider doing a 96 bid jail order, how big a lot would we need to build that on to accommodate everything? Well, you know, if you uh, the property y'all got out there, we could probably make it fit on that same size property that you've got out there. Uh, of course, the jail hood is like have a little more property, so you're not shoehorning it in uh, real tight. But you know, if you had three to five acres, probably that's about as small as you want to be. And it all depends on too, you know, how's the property laid out? Is it deep? Is it wide? How do we just face the highway for expansion? Yeah, how do we do that? We have to look at expansion because we, we can't look at just what it is you need right now, but what do we need long term? And how do we make it expand? Yeah, and what do, when you build new jails, is it on new property primarily? And what do they do with the old one? Because it's a type of a facility that not people are really interested in buying. Or do you just, if you've got the space, tear down the old one and I guess you put the prisoner somewhere else while it's being built? I don't know. How, that how, is, that, so how is that stuff done? That would be very expensive to do to house inmates because a new jail. Even a 96, which is not that big in terms of jail construction, uh, could take 18 months to build. So think about that, that that cost of housing inmates out of county for that long. Well, how is it done? How the county is Typically, good. you go buy another piece of property, you build a new jail, you either go tear the old one down, or, to me, there's only one use for an old jail that's possible. Record storage. It's secure, it's climate controlled. Now the problem is a lot of the old jails have roof leaks and have other things, but, but it's hard to convert an old jail to any other use because it was designed to be a jail, so you can't always just take all the walls out because a lot of times the walls are holding up the roof. And so to convert it to office okay. space, sometimes tough, but uh, storage, secure storage is, is a good use, but the jail commission will make you close the old jail if you build a new one. Unless you're a big county that needs multiple jails, they're not going to let Fayette County maintain two jails. And you don't want Neither to. Neither is the court. It, it, it would cost you too much to do. Okay, well, anybody else? Commissioners? Do you have any? Sheriff? I can agree with that. We appreciate it. Uh, part of this was to show us what you could do, what it would cost, but also all the other information you provided us is going to help us in the future. Some point in time, we're going to have to make some some tough decisions right. working with the sheriff and, and do what's best for the people of Fayette County. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, before I get out of here, in case you guys, the judge has my card, but if yeah, you got one, I'll give you another one. Three or four of them. <laughs> And feel free to call me if you have questions. I'll be more than happy to answer them. All right. Thank you. Excuse me, uh, excuse me, uh, point of order on two commissioners, and I'm just and and the uh, commissioner's court person. So we got we quiet now, so we can all hear. We accept the presentation from Burns and Burns regarding the upgrades to Dana and Is there a second? Second.
All in favor? Aye. Uh, all opposed? The motion carries unanimously. I'd like to propose a motion that we take a 15 minute break. Yeah. Just so you know, Drew, it just burns. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Let's be back here by quarter oh. after. Okay. Uh, do I have a motion? A move reconvene. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item seven is to hear a presentation from Craig Trilicek, the Trilicek and Company PC concerning our 2021 financial audit and single audit. Greg, floor is yours. Thank you for coming. How are y'all doing this morning? Good. How are you good? I got a, everybody's got this little sheet. I just made a summary mm -hmm. of, of what's in the book. So um, if you want to follow along in the book, that's fine too, but I'm going to probably follow this sheet most likely. Um, then we go to page one and two. Page one and two is the, uh, this is the independent auditor's report. Uh, I usually tell you that this is the only page in the report that belongs to me. The rest of the report is the county's. Uh, the county received an unqualified or unmodified opinion for the year ending December 31st, 2021. This is the best opinion a county can receive, uh, and it's called a clean opinion, basically. But I just wanted you to know there are four different kinds of opinions that you can get. You can get an unqualified or unmodified opinion. Uh, this opinion is known as a clean opinion. It says everything in here is clearly stated. You can get a qualified opinion. <coughs> it basically says everything's okay except for certain things. And you can get an adverse opinion that says nothing in here is right. <laughs> or you can get a disclaimer opinion that says, I don't know if it's right or wrong myself. So you have the unqualified, unmodified opinion that says everything in here is fairly stable. Then if we looked at page 12 on the, the general fund, is your operating fund. Uh, and it is, um, basically shows what the county had at December 31st, 2021. The county had total assets of $2,521,789. It also shows the county had total liabilities of $416,760, which left the remaining fund balance of $2,105,029, uh, of which $1,465,098 is unassigned and unrestricted fund balance and then you had $639,931 that was assigned or a designated fund balance. <coughs> that, that amount basically represents your contingency fund that we're saying that we're trying to build up the reserve. On um, page 14 is the, uh, the income statement. And it shows that uh, the county uh, had total revenues of $18,548,790 had expenses of $17,261,303, which resulted in a net income or a profit of $1,287,487 before transfers. Then we did have some transfers out of $614,000. So our net income basically was $673,487 after the transfers. <coughs> Then I made a note that we recommend the county has 
three months of expenses in your fund balance. And uh, a lot of times now they're saying between two and three. So, but we still always want to recommend three months, kind of like an emergency fund. Um, so if you took your expenditures, $17,261,303, divided it by 12 months, you got about a million four thirty-eight. $442 per month in expenses. Multiply that times three months. An adequate fund balance to us would be $4,315,326. You have a fund balance of $2,105,029. So you basically have about a month and a half. And then if you go to the top of the next page, that, let me ask you, that, that has improved though over the last that has, year. That has improved a whole lot over yeah. the past year. You know, I can remember where it probably was less than a month. And then, you know, the judge before always told me, he said, well, Ron Bridge Fund should be included in there too. Because if the general fund had problems, they would come to y'all guys and say, hey, we need some cash. So. <coughs> If I did add road and bridge funds in there, that gets you up to 2.3 months of expenses. So, so then you're right in the game. So, uh, and then on page 16 is your insurance fund of the county. And in there you had total assets of $576,306 and liabilities of $42,192. So you had a fund balance in your insurance fund of $534,000. $114. Doing this last year, we didn't transfer any money to the general fund or the contingency fund out of that fund. In the past, I think we've done $150,000, $160,000 that we've taken out of there and we put to the general fund. Because that money, it's a very, it's kind of a variable because this year our claims weren't very high. So if you look down on page 17, the profit and loss, we had revenues of $358,183 and our expenses were only $194,438. So, so we increased our fund balance $163,745. The only thing that I put on there in my last sentence, you don't know, the claims will vary from year to year, you know, depending on who's gonna get sick and you know, we're all getting older and all that good stuff. But in the current year, we didn't have that issue. And then just for your information, pages 41 to 59 are a more of a detail of the general fund. You can see by department what everybody did, budget versus actual. On page 72 is uh, your road and bridge funds. So you can see uh, page 72 is the balance sheet. It shows how much money each precinct had as of December 31st, 2021. On 73 to 78 is the profit and loss statements for each one. That's the wrong book. <coughs> so if you want to look at that for just a minute, on 72 to 73 to 78, so, so you know where it is in the book. 72? 72 yeah, is the is the balance sheet that shows the cash that each person had at the end of the year, and then on 73 to 78 is uh, the the income statement basically for each one. 
Okay. And the county judge one would be in that 41 to 59 if you wanted to look at the county judge department. Um, then on page 90 is uh, the debt service fund. Uh, this one shows revenues, tax revenues of 239810 and your your expenditures are your principal and interest that you're paying on your certificates obligation of 233324 So we actually increased that fund balance by $6,486 at the end of last year. And then if you wanted to see, there's three certificates of obligation that we have, uh, and they're listed on page 35. And, and the last one was the, the 525000 that was for the, the Pioneer Bank building. And, that, and the income and expense and everything on that Pioneer Bank building is also on page 91 through 93. I think we, uh, we had the 525 and we spent 444000 at that time, I So, overall, that included the cost of building. Yes, yeah, three hundred and sixty something thousand is part of that. Four hundred forty-four thousand that's on that schedule. Okay. That's bad. I got these numbers memorized already. Right <laughs> too long. Well, I think you've done a pretty good job getting it fixed up. So what's that? Okay. So, so overall, my last comment, you know, I included. Y'all's funds in there. I basically said you got 2.3 months of expenditures in your fund balance that's reserved. Uh, you know, therefore, I think you're in good financial condition at the end of last year. Uh, there were also no internal controls or compliance issues. Uh, when we did the single audit, the, the, the smaller audit, there were no issues in there. And, uh, and the main one this year was the American Rescue Plan, I think, is in the 2021 one. So, everything looks good. Except I don't know, after listening to the $24 million jail, but, you know, where does the cost stop? You know, it's gonna keep just escalating, so. Okay, I, I appreciate it. Does the commissioners have any questions? If you got questions, you can call me. Uh, Cindy knows where I'm at. I appreciate Cindy's time and her staff in the office. And like Mr. Slotnick said, I appreciate the job that the commissioners y'all all do here too. So I was on the school board. You don't get enough praise, I promise you. But, yes. Always remember what Judge Ed said about these. Some great reading material. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Library material. <laughs> Cindy, did you have anyone to be an auditor? Did you just any? I've learned a lot from Greg. Uh, being this was my second budget, there was things too that him and I have talked about improving on. Right. He's told me places I can improve on, mm -hmm. transparency and all that. And so I was grateful for that. And anytime I have a question, I, he's been available to where I can ask him. Yeah, the only bad thing is she's next to Lucas Bakery now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, 
That number is the last capitalized lease that we got in June from Carmine State Bank. It was a, a motor grader and a, a... No, that's what I, that's what I had for 21, that's what I had. Yeah, it, it was in June of 21. Okay. It hadn't made a payment yeah. on it yet, yeah. but, uh, but we... we so, none of y'all, I guess nobody else had one for that year. I was the only one that wanted to lease. I guess. Okay, I got you. Nice to make sure you're right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. But if you got questions, I'm always available. Appreciate it. Thank you. Like I tell Cindy, if you got a question, call right away, and we don't wait till the end of the year, and we won't remember what we're going to do. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Thank y'all. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I move we accept the presentation from Greg Trilishek for Trilishek and Company PC concerning the 2021 financial audit and single audit. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Thank Thanks. Agenda item eight is considered to take appropriate action on approving an agreement with Wakefield Bridge Incorporated for the construction of a replacement bridge by Wakefield Bridge Incorporated on Parma Road, Precinct 4. And this is um, one of the bridge construction projects we have in Precinct 4. Um, I believe this is one of the ones that, uh, that Tom had done where we are taking over the process and, and doing a lot of this. So this is uh, a contract that I put together um, that kind of mirrors what TxDOT has for our bridge projects that we do through TxDOT. Um, that uh, does a lot as far as protecting the county. Um, and Wakefield has taken a look at it already. Uh, they have approved it on their own already. Um, and so what we're asking the court to go ahead and do is just go ahead and, and approve it so that we can sign it and we get the project completed. And the dollar amount will be put in there? Uh, right. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll just gotta go back and look at the bid and I'll add that in there. Because that was a, a yes. bit out. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We went check. Because I, I was yes. looking for the price just last yeah, night, and I was sorry. like, "There's no price." I noticed so. that this is. Right. <coughs> I'm sure y'all caught that too. I think it was like 168. No, it is 168. That's why I noticed that. Okay. Will we approve the agreement with Wakefield Bridge for the construction of the replacement bridge by Wakefield Bridge on Farmer Road in Precinct Four? Is there a second? <laughs> Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item nine here. Uh, item nine here, a uh, report from Craig Moreau, our emergency management coordinator. Craig? Yes, sir. Uh, we've got a lot going on the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to read all this verbatim, but I can hit the highlights. Uh, the first, I'd start with uh, someone on the tropics. We do have a uh, tropical invest called uh, Invest 98. Uh, has a greater than 60% chance of turning into a tropical storm and or a hurricane. Uh, spaghetti models at this point takes it into the Gulf of Mexico, but where it goes after that, we don't quite know. They basically uh, stop right along that line between uh, Mexico and Florida and Cuba. And so it could, it could be here uh, within the next week. Uh, or it could be miss us completely, uh, but it is something to keep an eye on. Uh, September is a very busy time for hurricanes. Uh, early October as well, we've got several in our past that have hit us. Um, so emergency management, uh, sporadic rain pattern has persisted. Uh, a lot of the counties gotten tons of rain. Uh, of the count parts of the county have gotten none. Uh, last week I watched today where my mailbox got drenched and the rest of my property got nothing. It was just been sort of weird. Um, pattern with, with rain and where it has it and where it has not. 
Uh, right now we're in a 607 KDBI. It's updated as of this morning. Uh, anything over 600 uh, can lead to intensity burning fires and with you know, larger fuels than things less than 600. Uh, the Forest Service lists the fire danger forecast for our area for the next several days as moderate. Uh, moderate is the second lowest level. It goes low, moderate, high, and uh, extreme. Uh, we've seen fires throughout the county. Uh, they've been generally fairly small. Had mutual aid from other departments within the county who have not had to bring a lot of state resources at this time. Uh, I do think we need to increase public awareness messaging uh, with assistance of newspapers, radio stations, and department, county, and city social media, reminding people what a um, risk it is to maintain and watch their fires. Uh, all, but, all but just a couple of the fires have been uh, set by people who started a fire and then left or left it unattended or weren't paying attention. Sparks kind of got away. Uh, I also met with the Forest Service and with Texas Parks and Wildlife. Uh, they want us to make a note that there's a sweet spot uh, for some prescribed burns that requires a certain level of dryness, uh, but not too dry. <coughs> with the expertise of Texas Parks and Wildlife and or the Forest Service, prescribed burns may be called for, which uh, prevent us from having much, much larger fires like the ones in Bastrop and like uh, we had in 2011 here in Fayette County, which can lead to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of acres. Uh, prescribed burn is a very good uh, mitigation technique. Uh, the only other mitigation technique that tends to work as good is a whole bunch of goats. So uh, goats are hard to come by. Um, so there, we may have uh, Parks and Wildlife and or uh, the Forest Service ask for some prescribed burns uh, soon. Um, Moving on to Homeland Security, the uh, Department of Homeland Security has announced a Center for Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. Uh, it's a website with a bunch of resources and different things that uh, faith-based organizations can ask for help and can give help. So we'll meet individual churches or Catholic Charities or Texas Baptist Men or any of these faith-based initiatives. Uh, we pass that along to the churches. We're also working on some case management software so that if someone comes in, and has a need or has multiple needs and a organization can meet that, they can also refer uh, them out to other services. So if someone came into a church, for example, and needed something a church to provide, but the church couldn't provide mental health services or other things, you can put that as a case management software that only people who are vetted and cleared by the system uh, can, can use. Uh, has the potential to really increase the efficiency of uh, getting services both in good times and during disaster. Um, so adequate levels of employment uh, are a Homeland Security concern as well. Uh, employment is, is prominently featured in Homeland Security initiatives at the state, federal, really all levels. Uh, there's a strong statistical correlation between employment success and rates of crime, physical health, mental health, food security, and a community that is resilient to disaster. Uh, we had our quarterly meeting of the Workforce Alliance for Fayette County, and they gave us some updates on what employment looks like. Uh, for the county. Uh, the thing I thought was the most interesting was that our labor force participation rate is extremely low. There's only 11,181 citizens of the county currently working. So there's a lot of people who, who are uh, not working because of various things. Some people who uh, were looking for jobs have stopped looking for jobs. Uh, the unemployment rate has been officially low for those who are looking. It's 3.6%, uh, which is lower than last month and lower than uh, this month uh, a year ago. Uh, but citizens leaving the labor force have increased faster than the decrease of unemployment. I included a chart for y'all on where people are employed in this county, what industries 
and a projection that over the next 10 years, uh, employment is, is projected to expand, and what sectors are the fastest growing, uh, arts and entertainment and recreation will be the fastest percentage-wise. Uh, the most jobs uh, will be from accommodation and food services, although uh, the Workforce Commission wanted me to make note that uh, this does not include several large employers who have come to the general area recently, including Tesla and Samsung, and that can increase the demand for jobs as well. Uh, on the health standpoint, uh, things are fairly good for all the things we're currently monitoring. Uh, COVID is down worldwide, statewide, nationwide. Uh, we've had our um, one of the longest gaps between deaths we've had in a long time. There's a five-week gap between the last <coughs> two deaths. Uh, August 2nd to September 9th. Uh, monkeypox is in decline worldwide, uh, although the U.S. lags only behind Peru for most per capita cases. Uh, one important note on monkeypox is that it has changed a little bit, so a quarter of the cases now are not the original demographic. At one point, virtually 100% uh, belong to the same demographic that's changed a little bit. Uh, polio is something to keep a, an eye on. Uh, New York has declared a state of emergency for polio and the United States is now a uh, list of countries with circulating polio uh, for the last several decades. That's only been third world countries, Africa and Asia. It's very unusual to see uh, a big superpower nation on that list circulating polio, and now the United <coughs> States and UK uh, are on that list. Questions? Uh, I didn't see nothing here about the hazard mitigation plan. Where are we with that so far? Yeah, hazard mitigation plans move forward. We've got a meeting uh, with uh, the company. Uh, is it tomorrow? Friday. Friday. Yes, tomorrow. Um, to move forward with that, uh, it's been approved uh, and it's going uh, go forward. What about uh, another question I had? Is I know we talked. It was probably four or five months ago about the building over there. Um, 77 for the repeater for the VHF radios and all that. Where are we at with that? Uh, we, I want to purchase a um, building that we can move to the, there and, and move all those over. And so I would like to uh, talk to you all a little bit about that after we have our Cordell Security meeting, which is coming up um, hopefully pretty soon. Uh, if, the, if the building is purchased and moved to that area, it would give us a good uh, place to, to do things. Uh, there's some surplus buildings available. We might have to build a new building, either one, and what that cost uh, would entail. Uh, there's not really any specifically budgeted money for that, uh, but we have some stuff that we might could move around and, and, move, and do that. Uh, I've talked to you about potentially helping us move that building. If you're able to do that, that would significantly reduce the cost, and uh, I would appreciate uh, that as well. Yeah. Where's the money going to come from to, to build a building? Can we use ARP money? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we can proceed with it. Because mm -hmm. yeah. I know whenever we were visiting with, uh, let's see, whenever we were talking about the AFG grant and stuff like that, they were asking about what's the future for VHF radios and stuff like that, and we know that we're still gonna have to keep them around for a pretty good while. We're not gonna get rid of them that quickly and stuff like that. And so, I don't know, we were talking about getting a new repeater and it's everything. And if there was every time to do it, it'd probably be now since we have the money to do it. So, we'll just need a, to do the building one. We'll probably just need to give an invoice on it, run it through the next agenda item. Uh, okay. As far as setting it, that's. I mean, if it's a concrete building, you got we have to use a crane. There's no way around it. Mm -hmm. But that can be done after the fact. What well, is that building out there now? In such bad shape. Yes. Yeah, and I look. I remember going in it and looking at it, but you don't, you, you don't need a tractor to push it over. You do it by hand. 
So structurally, it's, it's not really how would how would there's a lot of equipment in that thing. How I mean, what would you? Because there's a lot of a lot of equipment. Yeah, some of that equipment is ours. Some of the equipment belongs to state. Some of the equipment belongs to um, MS150. They use ham uh, stuff. LCRA has indicated that they will be towards uh, on that. Okay. Now, just refresh me. What do we want to do with that building? What 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 is what are we going to do with that building in the town? But for the county, what are we? We're going to that's going to go ahead. We're going to replace the building to make sure because the one that's there now, like you were saying, with the air condition, but right. the building is complete. Right. Junk, it's rotten. I mean, there's there's no need to put any more money into it. Go ahead and put a new building there and put all the equipment inside there along with the repeater. But the repeater is in is pretty good shape. In good shape. As far yes. as I said, the towers are fine. Elsewhere, it maintains the tower. Yeah, so all, all right. that is good. And it's they, not gonna, they use it as well. It's so. not going to be as big of expenses. Yes, you think it would be. I don't think it's going to be that much at all. No. So, yeah. so when do you think for the, for the building we need yeah. to jump on? Get yeah, no, on? yeah, we should have probably had it done by now. Yeah. This is something, I mean, less than 10 grand. So, what are we going to do? Okay. Yeah, less than 10 grand. I guess it would be a building like LCRA has out there at that site. So, it won't be quite that nice. It'll be on that same order. Uh, there's a surplus building that's uh, a couple of them that are available that we might move and, and use, which I would recommend because uh, it's not something people are in and out of all the time. So, we get a rule. So, we need to move out on it. Okay, yeah. Like, I guess the other question I had is I get a little bit of frustration, just kind of confused with the courthouse security right now. The other day, whenever they had court, I know there's a lot of people coming in and out, and you had two people downstairs uh, at the door checking people in. They had the wands and everything. They had two people with the metal detector upstairs, they were checking people in before they went to the courtroom. And I could just walk right down the uh, ramp down there, the wheelchair ramp, go to the elevator, and I could go to any floor in the courthouse. And nobody had a clue I was in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have all the security in place. We have all this money there to purchase stuff. We still don't have the uh, metal detector downstairs yet. Metal detector's ordered. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been, it could have been ordered back in January. I would think that would have been one of the first things that should have been done. But, I mean, I just don't know what we can do. We need to do something down there to protect everybody in this building because that's just a free-for-all for anybody who wants to come into the building right yeah, now. Yeah, I've got a calls right here. I'd be glad to go over those with you in, in detail. We're meeting with the Court Security Committee as well. Uh, we do have uh, video monitoring at, on the basement so we can see who's coming in and out. Well, who watches that, though? Um, I watch it. But, I mean, you're not here at the courthouse all the time. Right. So whenever you're not here, nobody watches it? I mean, I walk into two hours. I can watch the two janitors. I can see the guys leave, and I can walk right into that mechanic room that got in. I could do a lot of damage if I, if I wanted to. Then this comes and goes. I mean, all the three doors are locked. And anybody, I mean, just yes, walk right in that thing and do whatever I want to down there. I think it's really ridiculous to have that door. I mean, I don't know why, the, why don't they just lock it? No, it either be locked or it needs to be set up to where they can buzz in. You know, somebody calls ahead or somebody hits the buzzer and somebody can open that door and there's a camera on and see who it is. But uh, we need to get him you know, on that. I think that plan that you submitted to me that I haven't even reviewed yet, 
couple of days ago. Did that entail some of that camera yes. work for that ramp and stuff? And yeah, there's there's uh, three different parts to the plan. Uh, the camera work is is part of it. Uh, there's right. some business security as well. I don't want to talk about those too I'm much in open court, but I'd be more than happy to I'll, do uh, so. I'll look through that, and then uh, I'm going to have Cassie send that out to the other commissioners and stuff. So there is some. I mean, I think that's something that I, th I would think that would be a cheap, a cheaper, easier fix just to make sure we focus on one door that's completely wide open right now to the public before we go ahead and we do the whole plan. I know you don't want to waste money or anything like that, but what, right do, you, now, what do you think? You want to lock the ramp door? I don't think you can. It's handicapped. Yeah, it's handicapped. Right. Well, I mean, <clears throat> if somebody is coming to handicap. So the buzzer doesn't work down there for them to buzz in and let somebody open it. There is no. There's, there's, a, there's a doorbell. There's no that I can. We, we use that on the weekends, different times, and I can monitor that on my phone 24/7. Which we caught somebody like last Saturday. It was down there urinating. We were able to see it and call the police and have them uh, come out and, and investigate it. So it is monitored. Gives an alert. It's it's a simplistic system. It's not it's not complex by any stretch, but it does give us some. Because it's a handicap ramp, we're not allowed to lock it. Is that what you're saying? I don't know how it works. I mean, I agree totally that it is a... It seems to me that we could lock it and then have some kind of a buzzer. They could come up to somebody's office and... Like a mag lock or something. Like a mag lock. Or get the word out, call ahead if you're going to be needing the ramp. I don't even know how many people use that ramp. How often it's used. I can tell you because I get an alert every time somebody goes. It's about six or seven times a day. It's usually our internal staff. Uh, they do move prisoners in and out of there, some as well. Uh, as far as an actual handicapped person using it, it's less than five times a week. So, I mean, <laughs> right there you just say that they move prisoners in and out of there, so. Escorted. You have, I understand that, they're not free range. <laughs> Escorted. But what I'm saying is that you have these prisoners, you have these prisoners that know that they can come in and out of the courthouse through the basement because they're allowed to do it whenever they're with the guards and stuff like that. So later on, if they ever want to come back and do harm to somebody, that punishment in court, they already know, hey, I ain't got to go to the front door and get scanned or anything. I'll just go through the basement. They took me through there when they took me to court. More than happy to lock and feel one Have you got a suggestion? Have you got a? Have you got a anything well, I mean, you might suggest I to do? I mean, I'm just going by just the simple things they have at the schools and everything, to where you have a uh, camera on your computer screen and it has a button and it's controlling the electronic lock downstairs. Somebody right. comes in, they hit the button, you press the button, it opens up the lock, you let them in, you buzz them in, just like you do at the school. I'm not saying we need to do it to all of them, but I think we need to do it no, to I the agree. one the one door that's the biggest threat agree. to the whole courthouse. I mean, is that is that part of our? Consideration. Uh, the proposal does not have an automatic button. We can, I can try to get a quote on that if you like. I mean, I know like the the stuff that they sent out about the cameras. I mean, it was like a, that one quote was like one hundred sixty-three thousand. Well, I know we all want to have a good camera system and you want to have decent stuff, but the camera system isn't going to stop anything from happening. Well, let me let me ask you something. Uh, is it possible to have something set up down there where somebody has to want to use that ramp has to hit a button? and there's a camera up there and that goes right to dispatch and dispatch looks up there and says may i help you who are you and i mean somebody that's the only person i know who's 24 hours a day sitting here you know all you don't, work you don't want dispatch they're they're 
how many blocks away? You need somebody in the building. No, 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 no. That would unlock the door yeah. for him. But that's I mean, you need somebody saying. in the building because dispatch isn't going to know if the building's okay, locked or well everybody's then, gone. That's that's part of our budget then to hire somebody to do that. Eventually, convert that office downstairs to a security so office. So we're going to hire then somebody. We want somebody for, we're going to hire somebody for five. That's times what weeks. I'm asking you. That's what. So somebody's give me some ideas. Give me some ideas. That's what I'm asking you. The recommendation of the courthouse. Um, group put together the packet that came out it, it asked for six full-time people so I mean, there's well that's which the is, recommendation which is extreme, right and they also the, they wanted a hundred foot setback from yeah. from the courthouse which would be closing the entire yeah. square parking and all these other things yeah. so we're gonna have to lights in the parking lots yeah. and all that other stuff but if this is an immediate concern in all reality why wouldn't you just see if we can get a maglock on the downstairs the day that there's court if you have if you have security working on the first floor or the second floor, they're the ones that lets them in because then they automatically know somebody's coming in and they need to get searched because you're bypassing everything else. Well, I'm not concerned about court days. We have more security running around here on court days. I'm concerned about the Friday afternoons and everybody's ready to go home. Things are loved, no, nobody's everybody's ready to get out, and somebody walks right in down there. That's that's the times I'm concerned about. Not on court. We got plenty of security for court days, but so I don't know what the solution is. That's why I'm asking people to look at that on you know, or come up with the solutions uh, if it's a problem that needs to be fixed right now. We're back to it's just five people. I think somebody can. Somebody here can buzz them in. Some right. office can buzz them in. It would, it would seem to make sense to have it in an office with multiple employees. That way, when someone's on vacation, someone else can just pick yes. up that duty or sit at that desk rather than adding FTEs just to watch a mag along. Or mul multiple offices can monitor it. I mean, that's Which is thing. probably going to default to our office. I would just say that. <laughs> I will just say that will probably default to our office, your office. I'll put it in my office. Well, no, I just meant, you know, I, I mean, we have, I'm, I'm ready to fix the problem. Just give me a good solution. That's all I'm asking for. At the Brennan Police Department, there is the vestibule when you walk in, there is a button you can push that goes to dispatch, and they can unlock the door. See, there I think that's the way to go. Dispatch. They see you standing there, there's a camera, and they allow them, they'll tell them, okay, we have unlocked the door, and you come through. That's for after hours, obviously, but it's there. It is a dual. And before that new facility existed, they were, I mean, the technology was so simple, they were literally doing it over a phone line. They weren't even using Ethernet or, or fiber. They were just doing it over it. You heard well, why, the phone dial at the Well, block. why can't somebody come down that ramp and push a button and a speaker comes on to some office? I'm so-and-so. I'm trying to get to the tax assessor's office. Could you buzz me in? I mean... To me, that's an easy problem. Now, if send it up to my office, I don't care. I'll do it. But my gosh, let's fix it. You know, next week, let's fix it. So, are we going to keep it locked on court days only, or all the time? And that begs another question. Then the front door is open all the time as well. So we have multiple. No. I, I yeah, think but the whole deal is come up with a. You see what we want. Come up yeah. with a plan and then come back. Let me figure out what you think is best and come back. If this is an immediate problem, let's come up and fix it. Now, you, yeah, is that unsecured? Yeah, other than the days we have court? It is, but it's a single point entrance. It's not four doors open where everybody, we know if something happens with the training we've had, there's one way in and one way out. 
let's say bust the window. So yeah, it's not perfect, but it's a single point of interest. Everybody knows that's the only way, easiest way to get in and out of the building. If the immediate concern is a ramp and that door, let's fix it next week. Let's do something. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll go to the store and see if I can order something. But geez. Well, just I agree. I'm I agree 100%. I think it should be done. So. And it should be locked. I mean, cannot we come up with something where that's locked all the time? Somebody comes up there, disabled person, hits a button, camera comes on, I'm so-and-so, I'm here to get my tax assessor, my name is blah, 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 blah. The dispatcher sees it. They're there all the time. Hits the button, the door opens. Once the tax assessor collector moves out to that yeah. number five, yeah. you go down to... That's where most of them are going. Uh, well, they had it at the sheriff's office when, when during COVID. They had a button at the front door. You matched it. And right. Identified yourself. Did a lock door let you in? And the only thing you got to do is identify who's there. Do you need a camera, or just tell them your name? You got two choices there. And uh, from my understanding, the door's locked after five o'clock. anyway. Well, it should be. Yeah, it's locked after five. o'clock. Well, the courthouse is locked after five o'clock. <laughs> you know, it should. So I mean, the only time you need it is. During the time before that was gone. Right. Okay. Craig, work on that. Yes, sir. If that's a <laughs> problem, we gotta get that fixed. Okay. <clears throat> what else? Anything else? Yes, sir. What about uh so you got your new pickup, are you gonna put lights on there or, or what's the plan for that or emblems and stuff like that? Or yeah, so make some decisions on that. For the lights or so make some decisions on that. Because I thought that uh, legal counsel advises that you couldn't have lights on that. Is that correct? I haven't had a chance to talk legal about it. We got there yesterday to talk about it, and we'll, we'll come up with a. But isn't it what you said? We did. Uh, I have not had a chance to talk to Craig about it. Um, we did look into it. I had mentioned to the judge, and I think sent judge an email. I have to go back and look. It's it's been a minute. Um, but as I recommend, I did talk with TAC about it, and I think their recommendations that we just don't have them on the vehicle. Um, I'd have to go back and look. It's been a while since I... Well, you know, let's have a discussion about that. I, I don't think it ought to be sirened up or lighted up like crazy, but <laughs> TxDOT vehicles, other vehicles, we've got an emergency management coordinator who could be called out at all hours of the night for an emergency. And what's wrong with having at least some kind of light if they've got to pull over the side of the road, help block traffic, just warn people or something? I don't understand what the issue is with that. I think that's to me that's discussed. helpful. That's what we discussed at the meeting, which is doing like a little light thing. Well, that's I'm fine. I'm, I'm talking about not a whole light package to where yeah. you're running hot to these calls and stuff like that when you shouldn't be. That was my biggest concern. Okay. And the traffic code clearly states what colored lights, because you say TxDOT has them. No, I yes, agree. They can only have them. I think that's what our emergency uh, management needs, though, is sustainability to flip on some lights, not to chase somebody down or run fast to something. But if you get there to the scene, you can help. It's helpful, you know. To, I had I ordered something. You know, Otter's office ordered me some. <clears throat> Katie did, and they just mounted up inside my truck, and I just, you know, in case we're at night and there's trees on a road, I turn them on, but they're not mounted. Permanently, on there just stepping into the windshield. So I have those inside mine. I think Luke's got one on his truck. Uh, and they work with work with the stay legal, work with Blake and whatever you, you know, need to do. So, what else? Anything else? We good, Craig? You got anything else? No, sir. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you.
Okay, do I have a motion? I move we accept all comments and report from Craig Moreau, Emergency Management Coordinator. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? Okay, agenda item number 10. All in favor? All in favor. Yeah, sorry. I was so rushed to get to this next agenda item. <laughs> the motion uh, passes unanimously. Consider and take appropriate action concerning a burn ban. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> well, the, the chief, the chief sent me a message. Uh, said that he had eye surgery and couldn't be here today. But he said they did have between 16 and 17 fires since we have lifted it. So they are strongly in favor of. Uh, they would like to see the burn ban back. Over. Yeah, I mean we've had. Uh, <coughs> six or seven down in Schulenburg and stuff. And it's mainly people who start brush piles and junk piles and stuff like that that just got away from them a little bit. It wasn't nothing big, but approximately degrees, we gave people two weeks to burn. I hate to say it like that, but we gave them two weeks to go ahead and burn. And it was a little bit greener back then, but now with the 100 degree days and low humidity and everything, it's, it's dried up pretty quick. So he's in favor of putting it back on. I hate to go back and forth, but at least we gave him a little bit of time. So he's in favor of putting it back in. Oh, I'm in favor. I had a I had a phone call, an interesting phone call the other night. They told me I need to go to my warehouse because my neighbors had a big uh, trash pile, and I got I got a uh, twelve thousand gallon capacity fuel tanks there, and they were about forty feet from it with a blaze about as high as the ceiling. I told them, no, thank you. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I'm ten miles away. That's just fine. <laughs> I had Winchester responded saying that they weren't weren't in favor of lifting it. Lagrange, I didn't get any comment from, uh, but I agree. Anything on north of north side of the county, north of like Fair Creek Road on 77, is just dry. They've had only about a half an inch of rain in the past two weeks. And it's getting it's getting drier than it was before. What about the Fair County Firefighter Association? Peter Kelly, you tell me about it. He said, "Put it back on." Who's the crazy person that recommended taking it off <laughs> last time? <laughs> well, I, I agree. It was a brief time to get some burning done. I, think, I mean, I know it's confusing, but we did give people a time to burn. Work. I did that. It got burned by me, and he went home. And we had, had I called him and told him, you need to get back here and put your fire out. Or I'm going to call the sheriff's department. And you had said we had 17 fires out there in Fayetteville area since we put the took it off. That's that's what he said. That's like we said when we took it off. You know, not everybody in the county had rain. If it's dry, just because we took it off doesn't mean you have to burn. It's just all about common sense. Yes. If it's green, it's safe for you to burn. Go ahead and burn. But you got to make your own decisions. You can't babysit everybody in the county all the time. People have to make the right decisions for themselves, and if they burn their stuff up, and then they burn their neighbor's stuff up, well, then they're held liable for it. So, let's think about that. It's just simple. It ain't that difficult. The other thing is, if they if they want to do prescribed burns, they still can if they're licensed. Right. Okay. I got it. Do I have a motion? I move that we reinstate the burn ban. Second. 
Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Okay. Get those signs split back up on your toes. Okay. Agenda item 11, hit report from EMS Director, Mr. Josh Vandiver. Um, I'd like to apologize last commissioner's court meeting for not having it. Our uh, billing company gives us our financials on the fifth business day of the month. And our last commissioner's court meeting was the fifth business day um, of the month. So um, for the month of August, this is going back uh, almost, I guess almost a month at this point. Um, for the month of August, we billed $569,500. In charges, we collected one hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars, two hundred in payment. Um, Forty-nine point three percent of that was for Medicare, and only six percent of it was private pay. That's a point of pride for our department. That uh, on the you know one point two million dollars we brought in in revenue as of August or as of September first, uh, only about ten percent of that has been from patients. Everything else is coming from insurance. Um, that um, Medicare is in the process. We are the first round of departments that will be submitting a cost report to Medicare in the beginning of next year based on this year's expenses. Uh, my administrative assistants talked with uh, some of the ladies in the auditor's office, and uh, Cindy and I are probably going to have some conversations coming forward about it. But uh, we are hopeful, um, maybe foolishly so, we are hopeful that when we submit our cost report to Medicare, they're going to see that what they are paying us is not what we are spending to take care of people. And we're hoping that they adjust reimbursement accordingly. And, if, and as Medicare goes, so does the private market. So um, we think that, you know, and maybe it's not going to happen next year. There's going to be several years of cost reporting. But I'm hoping in the next five, ten years, the federal government figures out that they're absolutely hamstringing emergency health care and they do something about it. There's also a state initiative that's following a federal initiative called ET3. It's emergency treat, no, triage, treat, and transport. Um, right now, if we go out to a call, we only get paid, essentially, we only get paid if we take a person to a hospital by Medicaid. Um, if, if we adopt this ET3 method, which is going to require some expense on our behalf that I don't know is going to be worth it, but we're looking into it right now, if we adopt this method, there's going to be a way for us to refer people to their primary care doctor. Uh, we have to get our doctor involved to do that, um, or you know, send them to an urgent care or do whatever, and still get paid for it. Um, so what we're doing is twofold. There, not only are we able to get paid for stuff that we typically weren't paid for, but we'll be able to get people to a more appropriate place than an ER. Not everyone needs to go to an ER, but unfortunately, EMS. The culture of EMS in our nation is that. You call, we haul, and we go to an ER, and that's the only place we can go. Um, mental health is also a big thing that they're trying to address in this. Uh, our county, uh, our sheriff's office specifically, in, invests through Blue Bonnet, supports it, in a mental health deputy, and uh, there's a good chance that we may be able to support that and get people to the right facilities again, rather than just taking someone experiencing a mental health crisis to the ER where they're essentially going to get no help, they're going to sit there for a day and then maybe or maybe not get sent to someone that can actually help them. Uh, we're going to work on looking if we can start taking these people directly to facilities where they'll actually get the help they need. 
Um, so all really big things. Um, you'll see that uh, so far this year, we brought in just over $11,000 from EMS standbys and teaching CPR classes. Um, of course, the school districts that we do the standbys for, uh, for football games, that bill usually comes in at the end of the year. Um, so we're on, we're on track to, to do fairly well this year with that. Um, a couple of other notes that I have. We're in the process of figuring out how we're gonna leverage uh, our portion of the $21.7 million that's been authorized by the state of Texas in the 87 legislative session uh, through Senate Bill 8. Um, Senate Bill 8 uh, has a rider attached to it um, for EMS recruitment and retention. And um, what, what they've realized, what the legislature's realized is that we have a, a big crisis with paramedics in the state of Texas. Um, I think the last figures I saw, they estimated about half of the people that hold paramedic licenses in Texas work in EMS services. Only half. Only half, well, in, on an ambulance. So about half of the people that can be paramedics on an ambulance are actually doing it. And so the states rolled out this initiative. Our county specifically has a shot at 65% of $606,000 being a rural county in our region. Um, that the cat rack is managing. We've reached out to all of our employees, all of our EMTs about, hey, if you want to become a paramedic right now, we can pay for you to go. Uh, the money's up front. Um, it would take some conversations with legal because we'll, we'll, we have a template agreement. They would sign an agreement that they would serve here um, for two years full-time on an ambulance. And in return for that, we would give them up to $8,000 up front for the educational expenses. Um, we already do something similar, just the county, um, where we require three years, but we pay it. We pay it after they complete class, and we limit it at five thousand um, dollars. I think we have a we have a young lady right now uh, that is in paramedic school at Blinn, and I think her estimated tuition is going to be about twelve thousand dollars. So after we leverage this money, we need to go back to the drawing board and look at increasing our contribution if we want to continue doing that, which. We do, I do, um, and I would recommend that we invest in those people too. Um, that being said, that money can also be used for people in our community that want to start a career in EMS. So if you know people that are interested in becoming an EMT or paramedic, tell them to call me and I'd love to talk to them about it. Um, it's, a, it's a good job, there's a lot of self-fulfillment that comes out of it, it's a good schedule, um, and it's decent pay. You know, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme, but I would argue that those don't exist. Uh, so the uh, we uh, we would love we would it is really my priority to try and build our ranks with people here in the county. Um, we're we're trying to be very present in school districts. Um, Craig's colleague from the Workforce Alliance uh, invited me to a meeting they had yesterday, and it seems like they're or Tuesday. And it seems like they are also hyper focused on healthcare and childcare in our community, um, as well as housing. Um, and so that's all really good to hear. Um, one of the two supervisor vehicles that was approved in last year's budget um, is at Chuck Brown. Um, the auditor's already, auditor's office has already cut the check for you guys. It's already in the agenda today to be approved. And if that's approved, then we'll move forward with uh, getting those things ready to go. Um, and then I would offer, if you guys have any questions, I'd love to answer them. Uh, go ahead. 
I know y'all had to program at EMS with the high school kids and stuff like that. Do y'all go out and do like the schools and bite y'all out? The high schools in the area and stuff like so, that? So, LaGrange um, has invited us, I think it's next month, early part of next month, to a career night. Military. Uh, the superintendent, if you guys haven't met the new LaGrange superintendent, he seems like a really bright guy. And he has said that one of his focus points, there's an educational grading point that all schools in Texas have to answer to. Um, it's it's like career, trade, and military readiness or something like that. I'm sure I butchered that. But um, they, uh, they want to focus a lot more on the trade and military readiness. Uh, because, you know, in Fayette County, we send a lot of kids to college. Um, but there's a lot more than college out there. You know, there's really good paying jobs that require technical school or trade school or apprenticeship. And they want to make sure that they're leveraging the amount of resources needed to get people there. So we're going to a career night there. Fayetteville's superintendent has invited us out before to teach kids about Stop the Bleed and First Aid. Uh, they actually put every student in their entire high school through it. Not this year that just ended, but the year before. And I thought that was a great step towards really practical education for the kids. Uh, and we've certainly talked to Schulenberg and Flatonia, and I think they're all interested. So it's going to take time. This is a long game play, but you know we are we're very invested in it. We're trying to be out there. Update on facilities. Uh, Schulenberg, um, I'll I'll tap you in for this too, or if you have anything. Yeah, they finished the plumbing. The city has the water and the sewer tap. They're going to finish up the electrical service on Monday, and they're going to pour the slab. On they're pouring slide Monday? Yes. Okay, last I heard it was either going to be end of this week, beginning of next week, but I'm they've got to schedule. I'm going to come over next week, too. I'm going to let you take me lunch. That, that contractor, <laughs> that contractor. You want all to see it, too. Dairy Queen? Right. <laughs> that contractor still pushing for the end of the year, beginning of next year, uh, move in. Um, I told him the judge wants to step foot in that building before he, before he retires. Which one? Uh, the contractor for the Schulenberg station. Well, what about the, what, how are we coming over there in the round top? So, round top is essentially ready to go. Is it? Um, it's going to take us a while to staff okay. up right. to, to staff it. Uh, Flat Tony's going great. Uh, that recently remodeled. Um, cap capital wise, as far as our, our infrastructure at EMS, we're doing really well thanks to the investments that you guys have put how in. Is our, how is your personnel? Are you having a lot of turnover or do you keep managing it? I mean, so I've, I've talked a lot about how we've kind of escaped this far. You know, we've escaped the problems at Austin yeah. and at Houston are having losing paramedics. We uh, we have had some turnover recently, um, and mostly it's people that are just leaving the profession altogether. Um, so we've hired most of the positions. We still have some hiring to do. Uh, we're still able to be a little picky on who we're bringing in, which is good. Um, but our people are certainly tired. I will say um, that something that we need to address in our near near future is our over-reliance on mandatory overtime because I think that's a big driving factor of a lot of people getting burnt out um, and we've got to move away from it. I, I plan on leveraging the round top station to address that to a certain capacity and I think in future budgets adding you know one paramedic per shift that can be just a ride kind of ride heavy is what we used to call it in the fire service. At the fire station, we had a 13-man minimum on our shift. We had a district chief, four people on the ladder, three people on the engine, and two people on the ambulance. But we had an extra two people on shift. When they were all there, we just either put up a second ambulance or we had four people on the engine. Uh, you know, EMS, we don't have that structure. We run, we run the exact amount of people we need. 
for the exact amount of staffing we have, I think increasing that would allow us to not rely on overtime as much as we do. And I think it makes me somewhat uh, budget neutral. I mean, losing all the overtime may, may justify adding the positions. So uh, that's something that's definitely in my plans for the future to, to help with that. Anybody else? Appreciate it. I'll move to accept the report, an update of our EMS director. Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 12, consider to take appropriate action approving expenditure of American Rescue Funds to purchase cardiac monitors for EMS. So the good news is this proposal is not uh, $26 million. Mm -hmm. The bad news is it's expensive. And as I've, as I've mentioned to most of you before, so a cardiac monitor is something that we're required to have by the state for our licensing. Um, it, it's used on every single patient encounter that we have. Uh, we use it to check vital signs. We use it to get EKGs. Uh, we use it to shock people that are in cardiac arrest. And the monitors that we have, uh, just under, just over half of them are completely obsolete at this point. Meaning that uh, if they break and one has, uh, they are not replaceable. Or they are not repairable. They have to be replaced. They're about a $40,000 expense, and we have to have one on every vehicle. This proposal, um, we've looked at Stryker and we've looked at Zoll, uh, the monitors. The cost of them is essentially the same. The Zoll monitor that we've kind of put in this packet is a clinical improvement from what we have. It does, it does specifically two big things that we don't have currently. It allows us to have a dashboard on the monitor when we're treating someone that has a traumatic brain injury. Um, that allows us to more specifically target things that I'm not gonna try to explain, but basically the respiratory rate that we've given the patient allows us to target that to control the pressure inside of their head. Um, the other thing that it allows us to do is it gives us real-time CPR feedback. So I can print out a printout after every call and during the call the crews can look at it that can show that the depth and rate of the compressions that are being done in the CPR are effective. Uh, so basically it will show the rate's good, the depth's good, or it's a perfect compression and uh, help us improve cardiac arrest uh, you know, sustainability, being able to save people. Okay, the so I mean, I look at this and you're is it for 11 monitors? It's a so this okay. is I'm just trying to say, I'm looking at 13 pages here of, and then it lays out all this stuff, uh, a premium carrying case, what was it, $8,000 or so? I mean, this is totaling $514,000. Yes, sir. For 11 monitors. And all the other stuff up there, what, are those the accessories? Or those are the parts to make Leads and all that other? For each of them for for everything so what this what this purchase would do and again I will say this is something the county will eventually spend this money over the next 10 years replacing all of our monitors we'll have to do it the only reason I'm presenting it now is because the ARP is available and I think the ability to purchase these with federally available funds would put us ahead where we can start budgeting year over year to eventually replace these the next time rather than having a big expense the, uh, 
the benefit to our so what we've put in this packet, all that extra stuff you're seeing. Ventilators and one stuff. ventilator. So the ventilator would cover the round top truck that we didn't we're adding a unit next year, so it would cover putting a ventilator on that unit. Um, but the other monitors, all of the maintenance for the next five years is included in the purchase price. So these monitors would essentially be, after they're purchased, for the next five years, there would be no cost of ownership to us. Um, if something were to go wrong, they would come out, they would fix it. Um, while it's down, they would give us a different monitor to use. Um, the training's included. So what, what I would say is I want you guys to have the opportunity to look at this and I want to tell you guys that this is an expense that we will not avoid. It is a matter of whether or not we want to buy it with grant funds or with the budget eventually. Um, there's also options for splitting up the cost if you want to spend half of it up front, half of it on a 0% financing. There's all of those things that are available. Um, but I would just offer you guys a chance if you have questions to ask, and if not, um, to decide if this is the direction you want to take. How much, where are we at on our ARP totals? Or how much do we have left? So what, the reason I looked into this, and Angela's finding the factual information, I believe, the reason I looked into this is because these, these came up in a discussion when, when our last monitor, when the board went out, this came up, and Angela told me we have X dollars left uncommitted in ARP that we have to spend and it has to be attributable to COVID. This fits the definition. It's a good project for our county, so that's why it's presented. But as far as dollars in ARP, I thought it was three million as well. I mean, it looks like quite a bit still. It looks like it's about three point four. I just wanted to make sure because I mean, we I mean, some, some of the things we talked about is like the sheriff's department with yes. the relations system, yes. which I mean. That's, that's if they want to do it, they need to proceed with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I just want to make sure we're not spending yeah. all the money and not leaving other stuff. But I see there's quite a bit of money left there. Yeah, about 3.4 million. Maybe we need to. I guess they know about it, but if there's projects out there, the departments need to bring them yeah. to us before the money's gone. No probation. Yeah, they yeah. that's. I don't think it will be that expensive. Yeah. Not for the roof. Because we've talked about money in there. Facilities and I mean, so there are some other projects yeah. that you know. I don't know what the cost of renovating any of that is. Well, but just remember what our priorities are: is health, safety. That that's what many counties are doing. They're beefing up their EMS. How have we been paying for these in the past? I mean, we've just been budgeting this every year. Because that was the life pack fifteen, wasn't it? So the. Uh, the way we've been paying for it in the past is we just put it into our year-over-year -year budget. What the judge and I discussed when I was hired, I, I don't want to put things in a budget just in case something breaks and spend the money just to spend the money. I would rather get the usable life out of our equipment. What I told the judge is I'm not going to put this in my budget if you commit that we're going to use contingencies to replace it when it breaks because it's a mission-critical piece of equipment. Well, this year, so what I would say right now we, we have to do is we have to either replace the one that just broke, the one that the board went out on. We have to either replace that or go a different direction and replace all of them. Um, the, I would rather get the useful life out of our equipment and then budget to replace it when we need to. Um, but yes, in the past it's been, you know, we, we budget a stretcher, a monitor, an ambulance, and I don't know what else. It was kind of a year over year, you know, 
mm-hmm. quarter million. Are they ever the same year models, the old ones that are going out? The, so it's their version one and version two is what was discontinued. Unfortunately, all of ours except for two are version one and version two. The last two that we bought, maybe three, uh, the last two or three that we bought have been three and four. But, you know, we own so many of the version one and version two. And I've always kind of been skeptical, like, oh, when these break, they break. You better replace them now. Um, and, and it's got, so far we've gone two years not replacing it. Uh, and they've been good to us. They've said that you know they would replace that monitor at half the cost. Um, but this is also the company that you guys have seen like the service contracts that they've been trying to get us to pay are ridiculous. And then we call them out for a site service, and they want to charge us fifteen hundred dollars for a no parts fix. It's just been I I don't know that Fayette County's being treated very well by the business philosophy of Stryker right now and this is an opportunity to go with a different company that I think has a little bit different philosophy too. So multi-level benefit there. I just think that this opportunity may not come around again. You know, we have the ARP funds available at this time and and we hope they don't because we don't want to go through a pandemic like we did where they're going to give us all this money but I mean we've got to, this is a, a, a lot of money to spend in if we can take advantage of it, I think we, we need to. And plus, it's something that we don't have any choice. I mean, we're either we're going to use this money or we're going to have to budget it from Zyper and use the money. We're going to have to take it. We better spend it because uh, I think the president of our country said yesterday or the day before that the pandemic's over. <laughs> so, uh, with the financial situation that we find ourselves in, who knows how much money they're going to start pulling back. Uh, you know, uh, so it's just we need to. Yeah. Okay. And then just full disclosure, if y'all don't want to do replacing them all right now, you know, we can scale this however you guys see appropriate. My recommendation is that we rip the band-aid off and use the federal funds, but we can do it however you guys see appropriate. I feel that we have a top-notch EMS department and great people that work here and that we can do anything to make it better and serve the Citizens of Fayette County, I don't see why we would. I wouldn't want to be the one with that machine and that screen goes blank. I move we approve the the quote from Zoll and pay for it using ARP, American Rescue Fund money. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Okay, thank you. When do these things come in? Just so well, they're well, sitting down. How long to get them after you order them? <laughs> and probably you bought them probably two, three months. Two, and then they would require some training. <laughs> and that's, they would they would come out and do in-service training and teach everyone how to use it. And you have something to replace the one that went out right at this point? Didn't you say one just went out? We we took one off of a non-in-service reserve truck and we just use it. Oh, good. So. good. Agenda item... 13? Yes. Yeah. Instead of take appropriate action in accordance with our local government code 263.152-158 on a resolution authorizing disposition of salvage surface plop property concerning two striker stretchers with appropriate secure uh, numbers with said property to be offered for sale to Colorado County EMS. Okay. 
So we have two stretchers sitting in a supply room collecting dust right now. Uh, Colorado County just got a new EMS director um, and a couple of their backup units did not have stretchers in them at all. Um, and they want to have those backup units stocked and with units on them. They can't afford to buy new stretchers. Um, it's not budgeted. Um, and they want to, uh, they'd like to purchase ours. We don't have a use for them. Uh, we're kind of ahead of the game. All of our backup units have fully functional equipment. And like I said, these are kind of just sitting in the room collecting dust. So they've offered to buy them for, I believe it was $2,500 a piece. And uh, I think it's a fair deal. It's more than they're willing, to, it's more than Stryker's willing to give us on trade-in uh, by about $1,500. So that's my recommendation. I don't want to. That's what they're doing on trade. <laughs> for $18,000. Not a problem with lead from the legal side. We can sell lead. our gear to one, we can sell these to another county. Yep. Yeah, no problem. We do the same thing for, yeah. We did it for Lavaca County not that long ago. Yeah, anytime we can help out the neighboring county, it's, it's oh, a good yeah. deal. So, uh, I move we uh, approve, sign a resolution authorizing disposition of salvage and surplus property for two striker stretchers to be sold to be offered for sale to Colorado County DMS. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimous. Thank you. Thank you. Agenda item 14. Here report from Angela Hahn, our grant specialist. Mine's pretty short. Uh, on the buyout, the paperwork for the third draw was submitted to Tiger August the 22nd. This is the end of GLO's fiscal year, so they are moving a little bit slower and depositing that into our account. But once they do, box will start the process of uh, setting up closing dates. Um, I talked to Tyler yesterday morning regarding the demo contractors and where he was with those. If you'll remember when we approved, when we pre-qualified our local contractor, one of the requests that he had was that Tyler would help them with the paperwork. And so he is, that's what he's doing right now is working with both companies on the paperwork to ensure that when it is submitted, GLO doesn't kick it back so that it's exactly what they want. So that's what he's doing right now with the contractor. Uh, and he doesn't have a date yet on when that's going to be done because there, it's a, there's a lot of paperwork and he just wants to make certain that they get it completed the right way. Uh, I had my first kickoff meeting with our GLO grants team that's handling our hazard mitigation planning grant. It was pretty much regarding what documentation has to be, where it has to be submitted. It was more of the financial reporting end of things. Uh, there is some paperwork that the judge has, signed, or has to sign, I believe Jason will be, also have to sign with Cindy. And I've asked for some clarification from GLO because that we passed a resolution supporting the uh, submittal of the grant and authorizing the judge to sign everything. The, doc, the documentation we're sending back is showing that they want two signatures per county commissioners and then per two for financial event. So, I'd ask them if we have to submit a new resolution, uh, as well as they're looking for some environmental reporting and things that I submitted in our in our application, and I'm asking for clarification if that's the same. You know, if I'm having to submit the same paperwork in two different places, that's fine. I just want to make sure it's the right stuff. So, but we are moving forward, and we do have our uh, first meeting with Heather 
tomorrow at two. That is a virtual meeting. If either, any of y'all are interested in you know participating, let me know and I'll send you a Teams invite because y'all's input is going to be very important so that we make certain that all the areas in the counties that, that you know of are issues that we can start improving. So, but this will be a kickoff to determine when they'll have the public. They're going to hold at least two public meetings, so we'll get those dates set. And the last one is, if you'll remember, the judge sent, um, we all know this, but the judge uh, forwarded me an email from Betty Boyce with Capcom regarding some funding through dishes for COVID prevention um, mitigation in confinement facilities. And I reached out to the people who sent me the, or sent the information, hoping that perhaps we could do things to physically improve the building, not just, you know, maybe work on the HVAC system or some things like that. But that's not, this is specifically for preventing, treating, testing, testing uh, you know, separation of telecommunications so you can have a prisoner talk to somebody without having to have, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's money that we could use, but I don't know that it's something that's actually going to be that beneficial for us to do. And I think the sheriff would agree. I'm, I was going to talk to him, but he disappeared. But I'll, I'll reach out to him and ski him up with another. That's really about it. Uh, I, Drew and I have had the conversation, you know, if you'll remember about the Safe Street grants, uh, and Drew spoke with TxDOT this week regarding where they were with the possibility of putting digital messaging boards up along 10, uh, where we have that stretch of where there's so many accidents, and they are indicating that they do want to do that. So Drew was able to tell them that LCRA is running a, a fiber line from Fatoni to Columbus that they can work with an ISP to wire those boards. So I think it's going to have some kind of... I want to say a bunch of them all the way from Colorado County all the way to Gonzales County. They didn't state exactly how many has to do with this traffic advisor, engineer, whatever, but he said hopefully the letting will go out next year sometime. So hopefully by the end of next year we should see something being done on that thing. So it's something that's been done in forever, so it's a good deal. And the good thing about those, because those are permanent, messaging boards that's a simple email to Transstar in Houston to get those messages pushed out as opposed to waiting four or five hours he says less than five minutes you'll have the message up there is a record it's everybody knows it's, it's, keep a, everybody it's a safe. temporary solution it's going to be interesting going to that meeting and Edna and asking the same questions because <laughs> they, they were going to say they were going to get right on it yeah. I never got caught that yeah okay <laughs> I move we accept a report from Angela Hahn, grant specialist. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Send item 15, consider take appropriate action approving the purchase of a generator and remote monitoring option for the county clerk's office. Um, this so would be Kevin, a KISS, a KISS generator. Yes, Kevin has been working on this. This was in the budget for this year. Um, the amount is there. It includes the transfer switch, and then there's a monitoring system as well. Oh, excuse me. Um, it takes 33 to 35 weeks from once you place the order to get it, and we have to pay 50 percent up front. So, but it's in the, the price is in the ballpark for that KW. But the question I would ask is, did they come out and look at that? I guess they did. But yeah, it seems did. like that that. 
48 kW seems pretty big for that one little that one yeah because it's but, the backup for the county clerk's office and the network oh okay all right yes. that's out okay I got the you. only yes. reason yeah, yeah. for this the main reason is yeah. to get for the net the the backup yeah or get for all the data coming the fire yeah, coming okay, yeah right. and the records not and just sure building yeah I, I should have the only there is another cost that's not in this and that's with the just getting gas run there but it's not terribly far away <laughs> Colors good system. Will we approve the purchase of the generator or remote monitor? Monetary option for Fayette County Cooks Office. <coughs> is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Okay. The next agenda item is. <laughs> Get to it here. Eighty-five. Got it. Uh, uh, agenda item sixteen: Consider take appropriate action on adopting the civil fee changes, if any, for the twenty twenty-three sheriffs and constables fees required under Texas Local Government Code Section one eighteen point one thirty-one, and authorizing our Fayette County Clerk to submit the changes, if any, to the Texas Comptroller of Public Accounts. On or before October 15, 2022, and I think they did submit some changes. Yes, I got with Randy and yeah. I showed him um, yeah. a comparison with right. other counties around us, and he wanted to go up on those that you see the writ of attachment, writ of garnishment, writ of sequestration, whatever, um, orders of sale, and writ of possession. And that was basically those, on those from a $25 increase, right? Yes. In the fees. And, and that um, is pretty well in with the other counties. You know, close to us because okay. I went to Colorado, Gonzalez, Lavaca, Bastrop, Lee, Travis, and Washington. Okay, so and that's the only changes at this time. Is there a second? I mean, is there a motion? So moved. Is there a second? Any further discussion? All in favor? No. Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 17 is considered to take appropriate action on the resolution to reappoint Mr. Leonard Haney and Mr. Michael Klan to serve as directors of the Fayette County Appraisal District for a two-year term ending December 31st to 2024. Before we vote on this, I I don't know, I didn't call either one of those two and ask um, them if they wanted I it. did not call Mr. Klan, yeah. uh, but I did talk to Mr. Haney and, and Richard Warren. Mr. Haney does not want to serve anymore, so yeah. I asked that we defer it until we can make yeah, sure that. Yeah, we, we, we need to check, we need yes. to check with Klan too. Can't just put them on there. You know, okay. Then, uh, okay. I move we defer item 17 to a future meeting. Second. All in favor? Aye. Uh, all opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Agenda item 18 consider to take appropriate action by signing a resolution authorizing Fayette County grant to combine community action for the Texas Department of Agriculture, Texas Feeding Texas. Home delivered meal grant program. So this is part of the donation that we give them every year. They use eight thousand of it for their meals program, and we just sign the resolution. And she said, uh, Miss Frankie submits it. How much was it? Eight, um, we give them eight thousand. We, we give them a total of ten, but they so use eight thousand of it for the meals on meals. Okay. And 
And you know that's going <clears> to, <throat> with the increase of, especially food now, 8,000 isn't going to go near as far as it used to go. Okay. I move we sign the resolution authorize the Fayette County grant to combine community action for the Meals on Wheels program. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimous. Agenda item 19, consider take appropriate action by adopting signing a resolution requesting a waiver of the local match fund participation requirement in return for the county green to perform an equivalent dollar amount of structural improvement work on a quote equivalent match projects that are named and described in the resolution thus making a change in the equivalent match projects of the advanced funding agreement between TxDOT and Fayette County for the replacement or rehabilitation of county bridges that are off the state system concerning the following federal off-system bridge program project the Gephardt Road over the Hawk Creek in Precinct 2. Would you explain to me what I just read? <laughs> this, is a, uh, this, this, is match. this is the match program through TxDOT for the off-system off right. bridge program. So what it is is I'm going to be doing repairing a water drainage project on Rice Road. Uh, the My project's going to be $42,000. I talked to Holly Natardis with TxDOT and asked if anything needed a match and this was the only road left right now. So and it's something I'm going to have to move on pretty quick so so good money didn't go bad. Precinct 2 gets the second yeah. bridge that mm -hmm. I funded for him. Came out. So, yeah. yeah. So you're going to have to step it up yeah. you can, in the future. Uh, give some of that money to receive. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got a play. I got okay. play. Okay. Well, we've got a plan. I'll find. Okay. I'm up there to walk. For this one, I'd just like to say I so move. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? <clears throat> All in favor? Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 20 is to authorize Sylvia Mendoza, our tax assessor collector, to attend the 40th annual. D.G. Young Institute for School for County Tax Assessor Collectors, November 29th through December 1st, 2020, in Galveston, Texas. That's a move. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries again. Agenda item 21, authorized Stephen Schreck, our courthouse maintenance, to attend the Texas Historical Commission Real Places 2023 Conference, February 1st through 3rd, 2023, in Austin, Texas. That's a move. Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Yes. Agenda item 22 is to consider take appropriate action approving the workers' compensation questionnaire from the Texas Association of Counties Risk Management Pool for the coverage for the period of January 1st. 2023 through January 1st, 2024. And this is our renewal that we mm -hmm. do with um, Texas Association of Counties. It's our questionnaire. We send them in an estimate and we need the judge to sign saying that we're still going with them and they provide our workers comp. And this past year, it was about 118,000. They bill us quarterly. Does that go up every year? Mm -hmm. Every year. 
Okay. I move we approve the workman's comp questionnaire for the period of January 1st, 2023 to January 1st, 2024. Is there a second? Second. <clears throat> Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 23, consider take appropriate action concerning the 2023 bid calendar and authorize bid notices to be placed in the newspaper. Okay. Cover rock and gravel. You know, I noticed when we had a bid increase that came through with concrete, but we don't even have a bid for concrete, do we? No, 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 I think it's so. they're just looking. Yeah. <clears throat> hmm. No, that's just, I have some other ones, but that's just my goal. Okay. But number 23 is still, yeah, this is a big calendar. Do we even need to have inch and a half screen gravel on there? Well, uh, well, no, because that's the for, like for Hoda, you, you, we get the screen gravel mm -hmm. from them. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, thinking like wash, wash, you think wash, 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 screen wash, 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 Advanced drainage systems. Those were two that wanted to be. Where is that this. advanced? Where they from? Where they are? Yokum. Yokum. Those are the the pond lot. That was all the ones. We use them at the shop. Uh, it's a good product. It's a, I'm not sure. How, I mean, I haven't used them out on the road. That we've used in our project <coughs> at a shop over there <coughs> for. And it's the only problem with those sometimes is a fire. Do you, do you want to add the one over there in Holman? For the, I know they have three HP gravel. The regular gravel. Vincent. Ron Vincent. Yeah, but well, what's the name of it? The food place? Huh? The food place? No. <laughs> no. Oh. no. Not at Holman Valley Steakhouse. <laughs> no, they're not going to the steakhouse. Is it Lister? No. Uh, you know you're getting hungry. <laughs> <laughs> they changed the name. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Um, now it's Fayette Water or Fayette Soil. Yeah. It's Fayette something. So you want to add that one to it too? I can. What is the name? Do y'all know? Oh, oh. I'll get it. I'll find out. But it's one out in home. Yes. It used to be multi-sources, right? No, no, no. This is the new one. This is John Hayward. Is that that property with Hayward? Okay. Morgan. They all own it together. Yeah. And I, I had not been They bought that on the square. Yes. Yeah. And so it's they at something? That's what they go by now. I don't know what they were going by. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can get it. And that is under cover rock? You can use that for cover rock and for gravel. Okay. I removed Jack Churnship because I thought last year they told me yeah, that. Yeah, no, He didn't know why he was on there. <laughs> Lee County Petroleum, anybody use them? I don't know who they are, but they did request a personal call. I don't ever recall using them. I'm still having issues with Colorado County. I have kept them on here. What's the What's the update with 
contact. Mm. He's, he's not here. Oh. I'm still getting statements on it. I've turned it over to Blake about it, and the last I've heard is he had reached out to Rosa and had not gotten an answer from her. Okay. I, you know, when we did it, we did full and final payment. Mm -hmm. I don't know from there any further as to if he's gotten an answer. I don't. I assume none of y'all have reached out to him to order anything. I did. And what did they tell you? Anything? Yep. <laughs> they didn't have any told me it was going to happen. Okay. Sorry. Ordering from Wilson. Um, there was one that I have not checked into, but I've always seen the sign out in Round Rock Huddle area called Texas Corrigates. I don't know if we want to check you them out. Mm -hmm. I can put them on here and say, let me check them out and see. Does anybody use Colorado County Hall anymore? Is it, oh, is he talking? Sheriff's Department, uh, maybe? No, because they weren't on our bids last year. We're still having issues sending us some bills from last year yet. That's what I mean. We, yeah. Because so we can cross them off. I just... Yeah. Our bulk fuel, our bulk emergency fuel is the sheriff's office is Patriots taking care of that now too. And I think and, um, I, and I'm with Tri County, so I think we've solved our problem with Tri County because Sherry's not telling me she's had any issues with them. She does like working with Patriot. They're very good on being on time with their bills and everything. She's not um, said anything bad about Schmidt and Sons either. So, so the account rep that handles our account from Patriot used to be the person we dealt with at Colorado County Oil when it was a really good relationship. Um, and he's carried on fixing a lot of things that we've had issues with. Uh, at, at least from my department's perspective, our bulk fuel has been much more reliable through Patriot than it was Colorado County. I know Schmidt and Son, they're really reliable too then. They even actually have, they actually have an office now, a warehouse in Hallisville also. Okay. So just, they just opened a new one down. So they've been really, you know, uh, but they, they move a lot of fuel before they can. Sure, I can. He's closer to me. I'm oh, yeah. not this. I got Yeah, it always works better for everybody. A little bit different. Okay. Well, you know, there may be some bids on here. Some of these may not even turn a bid in. Well, so if I'm not be, I won't be surprised at some of these if they just refuse to bid it, you know. Let's just hope we get some. Yeah. I move we approve the 2023 bid calendar with the addition of the uh, gravel pit in the Holman area. Second. Is there any further discussion? And authorized the notice to be in paper? And authorize the notice to be in the paper? Second. All in favor? <laughs> All opposed? Thank you, the motion carries unanimous. Agenda item 24 is to consider take appropriate action accepting bids and possibly awarding a lease purchase bid for the financing of a Power Star 110 New Holland tractor with front end loader and grapple and a John Deere 5100E cab tractor for road and bridge precinct number three and a John Deere 410 backhoe for road and bridge precinct number one. Wow. Ooh. We did get two bids in. 
faith savings had came in uh, with the lowest interest rate, they beat out Carmine. And, and in the past, we've done a lot of business who with Carmine. Faith savings. Faith savings for the three year had 3.85%. Carmine had 4.48%. For the five year, faith savings had 4%. Carmine had 4.98%. Interesting to see those rate increases, though. I mean, we used to be getting 1.9, didn't we? I remember 1.9 one time. Yeah, wow. It wasn't very little. Interesting. Wow. Did you get some? Mm -hmm. Are you going to do a lot of equipment? Yeah. Two of them are his, one's mine. Yeah. Well, two of mine. Two of mine. Two of the tractors now we're replacing. They'll be going up the. I've been trying to buy a new backhoe for three years and the judge kept cutting me down. Yeah. Well, I ordered this one a year and a half. Right there. Luke. What? Instead of buying it outright. Okay. Just get rid of the, you know, it's important to keep good equipment, but don't leave that old stuff hanging around. I move we accept the bids for lease purchase for the three pieces of equipment and award the bid to Fayette Savings on the five-year term. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? The motion carries in Okay, it's interesting to see a shift in the rates and adjust to them. Agenda item 25 is considered to take appropriate action on the Savins maintenance grant contract between the Office of Attorney General and the Fayette County for the state fiscal year 2023. I wish somebody could take that Savins to where it didn't. I didn't see Savins on my email all the time. Savins, Savins, Savins. Sorry. No, that's okay. But, but if we got it taken care of. Once it's approved, I'll go in and I'll sign it. You won't get okay. it anymore. Savings. Well, you'll get the complete one. Okay. I'm just kidding you. I know. All right. So once we approve that, it's sitting and be done. Okay, I move that we approve the Savings Maintenance Grant contract between the Office of our Attorney General, between the Office of Attorney General, State of Texas, and our Fayette County for State Fiscal Year 2023. Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Okay. I wake up at night with saying savins, savins, savins. You say I've been sending a lot. This whole agreement, though, ten point five does not boycott Israel. It's yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Agenda item 26 is to consider and take appropriate action approving the Fayette County Vine. Vine's another one. Service agreement renewal notice. Vine. Yeah. Nightmares about them. Well, this will get them off my email. Why don't you tell them to send me the emails? Because I'm reading them and I'm not seeing them. Okay. So that's because okay, well, well, I need to be forwarding to them to you. Okay. I move we approve it. I move we approve the Fayette County Vine Service Agreement Renewal 
Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. All opposed? Motion carries. Agenda item 27 is considered to take appropriate action approving the grant FY 2023 routine airport maintenance program between Fayette County, Texas, on behalf of Fayette Regional Air Center, Texas Department of Transportation. And I want to thank our airport manager, director, Ed, for sitting through this entire meeting and waiting, being patient with us to get her five minutes of fame. So, you want to address this? The uh, routine airport maintenance program with TxDOT is for uh, certain items, maintenance items, we, we can get reimbursed 50% of what we spend up to $100,000. So basically it means $50,000 we can get reimbursed for, for the maintenance items on this. When I went on to the site, they only allow us to put in 80000 We've had to change it. They changed it. So we got we can get up to 40. reimburse 40000 oh, okay. Do they have a new uh, ramp administrator with any slaughters moved on to something else with the next slide? So I will get with them and find out what happened. So that's only four. That's interesting. Do we, we use most of that, right? We used last. Uh, year when we submitted, we got back. Um, we submitted thirty-one thousand in expenditures this year. With you replacing the egg loss, I'm wondering if that will be able to be put on here, even though we're using part of a grant. I'm going to check on the other part of it. I don't know if it's going to. Um, well, there was a contract shows fifty thousand, so I would argue that they should honor that if we accepted before that, even if something in their policy is changed. What they've offered us is 50. Yeah. Is 50? Okay. Right. Yeah. So, do we need to hold off on this and get some clarification? Or? I wouldn't think so. I think that we can go ahead and, and move forward and, mm -hmm. and sign it. And they try to say, hey, well, we've changed it since then. It's, well, we signed it when you sent it to us at 50. You know, yeah. then you need to honor that. But we it can says, certainly kind of hold their feet to the fire with that. But then it say 80 in here, or do we need to change that back? Well, I think what Blake is saying is that there is the 50000 on page one, but then on the page 10 attachment is where they change the yeah, they change 80 to 40, right? Is that and what, I'm, yeah. what I can do is call Fernando is the new one that's taken Amy's place and say, when we went in to put this, <coughs> I was going to up it to 100000 mm -hmm. say it was right out. Why am I not allowed to change it? Because your front page is 50. Yeah. I have to have it in by the end of this month. It's not really a good contract because it's misleading. Right. Yeah. So should we wait some clarity on that? Yeah. Given that their attachments are different than. Is there any time contract. constraints on this? Yes. What are the time constraints? She said the end of the month. I think they actually wanted it in on the nineteenth, and with them having their changes and all that, um, I have to the end of the month. I believe to submit this. Approve it with. I, I, we can hold on to it with some stipulations, right? That we can get that part ironed out of the contract, right? Or we could do what we do in some of our other situations where we appoint a member of the court, a signature authority, and negotiation authority, and let them do that. Um, unless you feel like this is something that once we get this clarified, would would need to come back to court. Um, 
mean, we do have next week that I, if for some reason we can't get an arm out, I can get a. I move we appoint the county judge <laughs> to approve the, the grant for year 2023 routine airport maintenance program between Fayette County, Texas, on behalf of Fayette County Regional Health Center and the Texas Department of Transportation after looking into some contract discrepancies. Second. There's a second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Uh, all opposed? Motion carries unanimous. I mean, it's not that big a deal because <coughs> we're getting money. It's just, I mean, it's. They, they need to clarify. Yeah. Agenda item 28 consider to take appropriate action concerning an annual airport operators or liability insurance with the Nishi Group for 2022 2023 to be renewed on For the insurance on the fuel, even though we don't sell it, it's or it just gets factored into as part of the insurance. They have different prices. I mean, if we were actively fueling airplanes, then it would be even more. Um, That's right. Those applicant done by applicants got no. I got it. Right. Yeah. I mean, even the corporate pilots that fly in there, they don't fuel their own airplanes. But we, the county, don't do it, is what I'm saying. Correct. And that's no, it says not. it on here. Okay. Will we approve the annual airport operator liability insurance with Nietzsche Group for 2022 to 2023 to be renewed on 11922? Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Uh, agenda item 29 acknowledge the request for price increases and or extra surcharges for road materials, hauling, etc., from our multiple vendors for their 2022 bids. Um, <sighs> Plum Aggregate, you know, has gone up. Waller County Asphalt was the main one, they had gone up. Uh, on their rates and we're waiting for us to approve it for them to increase their prices. Quality hot mix had gone up on their rates. Uh, quality hot mix, <coughs> the only one I was a little bit concerned with was the premix type D did go up 25% by $2. Uh, it went over the 25% mark by two dollars 
Perfect. Oil is going up like 68% per increase per ton of oil. Man, that is unbelievable. For, that's what's plum, right? I mean, uh, water can be asphalt. I mean, gosh. What do we do about the 25% plus? I'm fixing to have to go out for bids. I mean, we're at the end of the year. You're still buying from them? Matt, do you use quality or use water? Quantity. Like when we're spreading it on the road, <coughs> picking up four loads. The cold mix up. They mix. We buy both, whichever they have on the ground. The hot mix is cheaper. You can buy that. Right the delivery price didn't go up as much uh, as the 25% mark as the plant price did. Well, I mean, you know, if it's 25% plus, I, I mean, <clears throat> I just won't buy any for the rest of the year. From I mean, we can just make it simple. Or we could tell them, you have to take two dollars off it. Yeah. Use water care. Well, I know that it's a lot Are these, when would these be effective, these increases now? Yes. Are they effective now? Yes. Which doesn't make any sense. It's farther, which you can buy it, which costs you more money in the long yeah, it, it doesn't make sense <laughs> the way it works. And you may try and talk with Jeff from Quality and tell him, hey, look, can we go down by two dollars? Then we would stay right in our twenty-five percent mark. <laughs> How much more are y'all going to be using between now and the end of the year? How mm. much money I left? Well, I'll tell you, with what they're doing to us, probably not much. No, I mean, you know. I'm, I kind of have to tend to agree with Harvey when, when talking with him. I mean, when I go out for bids for next year, I don't want to, they're going to probably look pretty bad from what we've had this year. Well, this and this item, we're just acknowledging. Yes, yes we're, we're just, just acknowledging their increases. We're not, so that y'all yeah. know that yeah. things are going okay. up, right. whether or not y'all... And I mean, I also like somebody had said, we use Alamo for concrete. We They're not on our bid list, but just to let y'all know mm -hmm. that when y'all get ready to go order something from them, it may be higher than y'all had anticipated. Okay. I acknowledge the price increases from multiple vendors for the 2022 bids. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. The motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 30 is to consider and take appropriate action concerning a part-time or full-time position of Justice of the Peace Precinct 2. I have been approached by J.P. Sufal about increasing her, having more person there, that they're busy all the time, that uh, I think when they had a court hearing the other day, James was having to help answer the phone, that it was hard for them to take care of the phone calls and all that. I did inform her, because I didn't know if she was aware of it, that we do have two other uh, clerks that can float, and they can go over there. All she needs to do is call for them. Right now, I mean, her concern was the fact that we're adding, you know, three new, we'll eventually have three new GPS officers in this area um, through 
other channels we've heard will have another new game warden in this area. Um, she does write the most tickets right now out of all the JPs, or handles most fines through there. Whoever's writing the tickets, which I believe they said is Rogers writing quite a bit now. She's having a lot of increase in fines. It is not in her budget because of the fact we had a little bit of overlap with Donna treat, uh, training Elizabeth over there. I would rather see if we cannot utilize the other two that we have on staff right now and wait till the new year. I mean, because they are floaters. I have it in the budget for them that we can, you know, send them over there. All she has to do is call and say, hey, can you work for me this week? I've got somebody else or I've got court here. I think it's strange that it shifts rather largely where the majority of tickets are broke. It's weird had shifts and stays there for a long time. Because forever it was precinct four. Yes. Before that it was precinct one. Okay. Well what action needs to be taken then? Just I guess the actions. Yeah. If you can if we already have that in place. Okay. Agenda item 31, authorize a full-time position for a custodial assistant. We talked about this earlier. That's you. Your name's Rick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is in the budget for next year, but yes. Well, this is what we talked about earlier this summer, and we said we're going to wait. Uh, we're at that point now. I mean, by the time we go ahead and hire somebody, it's almost towards the end of the year. Um, and to once the bathrooms go online across the street, we have the Pioneer Bank building needs a little bit more attention, and it's a good transition because we'll be taking on two more buildings. DPS bathroom. We have notified the people. Yes, that we have notified her already. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think we ought to approve it. I think we can pay for it. Uh, we're, our facilities are expanding. You know, we've got to keep them clean. And, and it's too much for one person running all over this place. So we have some applications already coming in, I think, don't we? We decided to hire somebody. Mm -hmm. Good. What do we need to do? Do we just need to approve the position now, or do we need to talk about the salary? Or uh, salary would be how, how much less? Less? Does that mean? Oh. Uh, <coughs> I don't know how much less it is. Yeah. The salary would be a little bit less than the current, the current position, and it'll start at 30. up to 33000 per year. And this one will be under that. Yes, current. this will be an assistant janitorial mm -hmm. position. Right. Thirty-three thousand a year. <coughs> well, then I would like to make a motion that we approve. <laughs> well, why don't you make the motion? No, go ahead. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Want me to make a motion? Yeah. Go ahead. I'll read it a second. 
Could you laughing at me or something? <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to make a motion to authorize a full-time position for a custodial assistant with the salary to be determined. I mean, we're going to have to approve that, right? I mean, later. I mean, I don't know exactly what the other one. It, I don't. I hate to make a motion to say salary would be a little less than, you know. That's, well, oh, well, it could be up to thirty-three thousand. Yeah. Oh, up to okay. Then I'll yes. make a motion to salary be uh, we, we have the position established in a salary up to thirty-three. Yes. Okay. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? <clears throat> When could this person be hired? As soon as I get Cheryl through with the interviews, I will need to get with the Paula and set up a um, protest physical. So physical. we're good to go. We don't have to wait till 31 1 January. Theoretically, it would be two to three weeks that could start because they're probably working somewhere else and would give two weeks' notice. About a week to pick somebody. All right. All in favor? Aye. All opposed? I was the one who brought this to the agenda. The motion. <laughs> the motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 32. Consider take appropriate action concerning our fines and fees collected for the period of January 1st, 2022 to June 30th, 2022. Okay. As you can see, yeah. going through here, um, the fines for the first quarter were lower than last year. That is partly due to, if you look at the district clerk fees, we had a problem with our e-filing system, so we were not getting the reports in until we got them in finally, I think, in April, after they got all their e-filing system problems cleared up. Um, Pretty much, I have now added another category on here. Instead of trying to compare year to year, I put the sales tax on here so we can compare it quarter to quarter. And this is actual <coughs> figures of what the quarter has done. It's not a running carrying on for the year. It is when you're looking at it, that's what that quarter had done. As you can tell, too, uh, we are still kind of lacking in getting the sheriff's reports in. So if you're looking at second quarter, you know, we're down there yet. That's because I've not gotten her reports in. Is that for the sheriff's fees? Does that include arrest fees as well? Yes, that includes. Um, the sheriff's fees will cover all of some of these, too. You will have constable fees, arrest fees. Um, the sheriff fees all in there too. Plus some of the sheriff fees comes from JP fees. Or not JP fees, but the Justice of Peace collects. Well, sales taxes are healthy. Yes. Let's see that where is that? Hmm. The very end. Last call. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Does anybody have any <clears throat> <Not> any questions? <clears throat> Cindy, did you see my email on the e filing that there is something that we're not signed up for anymore that we're supposed to be and that may have helped with the e filing? 
to keep track of. When they switched whatever they switched on the filing, it kicked out a report that we used to get, and we're not getting it. They said that because we hadn't signed in and we hadn't signed in, still under capping. Is it that orbital thing or whatever? I sent it to you. Yeah, I know you did. I have to check because I looked in the file and there was nothing that Kathy was receiving. The only thing we were able to do is pull down one a report that Katie was always pulling it and I was always pulling it and then when they changed everything that report no longer existed. Well there's supposed to be even another report so we really need to look at that um, and get y'all signed up because the last person was Kathy on there and it was dropped a long time ago. And the uh, the, 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 the JP uh, the JP oh. collections uh, like July 2022 it went from 47,000 in June to 6,000 in July, but then back up to 40,000. Is that just, is you have a month there and you just, that's, that seems, I don't know, I mean, I'm not a JP, but. The Which, I mean, what page are you The one where it lists the totals for the. Yeah, totals for the, the last, it's probably the last one, one right here. Just the piece collections. It's the last page. from 47 to 6 to 40. Yeah, that's pretty good. Could be if they didn't have all everything in that report. Well, everybody that month. Yeah. So I mean, there's something that caused everybody to go down and then back up. Yeah, they all. I they just, may not have had a lot of people paying at that month. Okay. But that is a very strange across the board. Yeah. On July. So I will check with uh, Jody on that. But she does pretty much always have the reports done every monthly basis but that that was a big drop <coughs> even the in jp1 like jp2 june was eighty thousand. Mm -hmm. and then down okay and will we accept the final fees collected for the period of january 1st 22 to june 30th 22. is there a second second any further discussion all in favor uh, all opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Agenda item 33 consider take appropriate action concerning approving the payment of our currently due fake county bills and expenses. Okay. So, our, out of the ordinary bills, and you'll see one on the extra one, they did not run a check for emergency management truck, and we realized that this morning, so uh, they did an extra run and had that checked, so that was for $39,047, and that was on the sheet that I laid up there for y'all. Otherwise, the, uh, the rest of the um, uh, out of the ordinary was our workers' comp quarterly payment of $29,545. Then we had one to Felipe Perdomo which was to replace the roof on the CSCD building, $19,925. We had to um, Chuck Brown Ford for the uh, expedition for the EMS department, $42,079. And then to Jamie Williams for the vehicle lighting and equipment, $7,985. Wow. Why is that Jamie Williams and not emergency fleet service? Because he does it as DBA. Gotcha. 
And then we had TAC for the property insurance for 2022, 2023, $42,484. Uh, we had to JB Lot Construction, the construction payment number six for the Founders Park, $6,133.50, which my understanding is they're still not quite completely through and we still have one more bill to pay them. There's, um <clears throat> There's the the ten percent uh, retainer that that we still that he has to be collected yet, but he's not finished. That won't be paid until he's completely finished with everything. <clears throat> and last week, Sydney did get together and had Bill and dropped it off. She got with Harvey and Joanne. They got a uh, invoice together and dropped it off to the city of Lagrange. Mm -hmm. But do you want to hold this check for that? No, the one now for the six that one is <clears throat> that's okay to pay. But the one the next invoice will be for thirty. But that one he won't get until everything is completely done. Mm -hmm. okay. So that's the one that we're going to hold. Then we had out of the grant, uh, uh, out of the American Rescue Plans, we paid Data Box for a partial payment for the phone system for the uh, various departments, $38,470.30. And then to Tyler, we did two payments, and that was for training on the CAD system. $6,722.33 and then $5,492.50. The um, Travis County clerk, I think it's not listed on here, we had a couple of payments to that. Uh, I am going to check if that is something that I can move to use for indigent. That was for public assistance and that is when we have somebody that is committed and we have to pay for proceeding hearings on that and the medical hearings on that. So we're going to see if we can move that eventually to um, the indigent health care. Uh, we pay Carmine State Bank. Uh, and you guys can enjoy this one. It is paid off. This was our last payment for the lease purchase of the chip spreader. $44,040.01. Then we had to Oviedo Motors, $39,414.10 for truck for precinct one. We, um, that was the least purchase part of that. Trucks, To the county attorney furniture <coughs> fund, to Washington County, this is part of a four county um, plan or expense. It is to have a drug analysis lab service. I believe the service is out of Austin, if I'm not mistaken. Our share is $31,156.55. And she took that out for forfeiture. And then out of the sheriff's forfeiture, sheriff is the sheriff. We pay Trinity Innovative Solutions for a license plate recognition camera, $23,225. Any questions? <clears throat> this textile TIF grant services, that's just that's the fee we pay those we pay um, who is that we did? Grant works. <clears throat> That's a lot of money. Why, why, why is that part of the 
like the four hundred eighty-five thousand we got through TIF or paying Grant Works some money to handle yes. that. Mm-hmm. And, and in discussion with Jason, him and I discussed it. Now that we know exactly what they need and all that in the future, the first, we'll the first round you had to hire a company. Yeah. we tried. So but the second too. round, we realized yes. well, let's hire them. But they simplified it so much, and. They didn't really know what was going on because I think we walked them through the process more right. than anything. So this, if they do it again, I, my suggestion is we just try it on our own first or get with Angela and yeah. see okay. if we can. <clears throat> that was, you know, I was a tech stop when that came out, and that was one of the problems. It was too complicated. Because you had to set up the, to, yeah. the energy, the cert, the cert so area. They made it easier, down. and we just, mm-hmm. now we can do it ourselves. Yes. Yes. Okay. Anything else on on uh, the bills? No. Oh, on my, uh, I have fifty one thousand two hundred fifty dollars for some gravel. So that'll probably be reimbursed by any else's. But I had to purchase it, and it's just, it's. I mean, mine was a lot, one hundred twenty two thousand. But that'll be some money that any else is probably going to give back to. Or I mean, they will give back to us later, but. I had to purchase to do some road repair on Frank Road, so mm-hmm. just negotiation. <coughs> Making me look worse here in time to talk, but <laughs> motion. <laughs> I'm gonna pay the current new bills. There's second. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Okay. That should be our last agenda item, but it seems like uh, that we got some items here that had to be posted after 9.55 a.m. on Monday. It is now after 9.55 on Thursday. So we have three more items. I'd like to thank uh, Ms. Austin for the list here. But uh, the first one is to consider and take appropriate action on a conditional approval of the preliminary platform PL-89 at Hackamack, LLC. Mr. Sternado. Commissioners, this is another proposed subdivision off of Hackamack Road in Precinct 2. The process and layout of this will be very identical to the one we had previously done on Nassau Road. As part of their phase one, there will be three lots with existing county road frontage that will be platted, that will become before the court, and then those three lots will be sold. And then at a later time, phase two will be the construction of a new county road and the additional 13 lots on the interior of the property as part of phase two. Uh, these lots are all around the four to six acre size, uh, a couple larger ones at the rear there. This will be a dead end road with a sack at the end. Can you assure me that this development won't raise my property taxes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you live on High Roller Hill, what you expect? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, since you're here, is that enough room? I mean, is there enough room to put? Because now they're requiring mailbox receptacles to be put at the front. Is there enough room in the? Yeah. Or is something you, in the future, maybe start building? Need to be built into it. Be a little wider there. We need to take a corner out of one of those lots and put it on there. Or put it that, that's what I, I don't know, but I mean, just kind of <coughs> FYI, they're not putting letting any mailboxes go down this road. Oh, it has okay. to be. Yeah, I know. Uh, everyone has to be at the at the front or somewhere. 
and we've been putting them right inside the, the right away. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably yeah, I mean, sufficient I mean, as long as they just make sure there's enough room there. The kind of running pattern yeah. that yeah. we've been working with yeah. them is to put it all the way at the uh, at the into back of the what well, the back of the county easement, okay. so that there's not a ten foot strip you'll have to try to mow with a right. big shredder and everything. Uh, it's worked out fairly well so far that it's fit within that easement. That there's no weird drainage issues. <clears throat> I guess that's the thing. If there's in the future, if there's a drainage area there, yeah. it may have to be expanded a little bit. Right. Okay. I move that we approve the preliminary plat from LP eighty nine at Hackamack LLC. Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 I'm going to give you a second. All opposed? Be safe. Motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Agenda item C2 is for approve the application for a permit to lay a temporary water line. Road driveway submitted by Magnolia Oil and Gas LLC for that water line to be placed along Rosnoff Road in Precinct 2, Public County Road located in Fayette County, Texas. It should also include Bauer Road. It, it's on the application. Yeah. Okay, yes. I want yes. Bauer Road. Uh, so this will be a precinct two for Rosnall and Bauer Road. Uh, this is a 12-inch line that will run a little over 18,000 feet. So long line for them. But we have their completed application and their fees. Can you use the extra money button now? <laughs> okay. I move it with. Approved a permit from Magnolia Oil and Gas for the temporary water line to be placed in the right-of-ways of Rosnoff and Bower Road. Is there a second? Second. Is there any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries unanimously. And then the last agenda item is to consider take appropriate action concerning granting an application for Pipeline Public Road Board Crossing permit submitted by Iron Rock Energy Partners LLC for that said pipeline to cross under Greens Creek Road in Precinct 1, Public County Road located in Fayette County, Texas. This will be a 60 foot bore on Greens Creek Road, and we have completed application, and the fees have been paid for such. Are they supposed to contact us before all of this? Amber tells them to, uh, to let y'all know in case y'all are doing road work or it's not an explicit checklist, but she always asks them before they're going to start any new projects to contact y'all should they're having yeah. Well, I know she asked them about three times and this lady has refused to call me, so or not, she has not called me, so. Okay. But it does say here in the application that they have to within 48 hours, so. Okay. I move we allow it. The application of the pipeline on Greens Creek Road by Iron Rock Energies. Is there a second? Second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. Do I have another motion? Will we adjourn? Is there a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Motion carries unanimously. 